All right. Um, so you asked me, ask me that question again. <laughs> so how is it when, you know, you being on the West Coast, what was the dynamic listening to hip hop in the 80s and 90s? Were you like, I'm down with the East Coast, but you didn't say mm-hmm. it too loud. Like, what were you taking in? What, what was most resonating with you musically? Yeah, so... I'm gonna I'm gonna answer the long question. The long answer is to say, um, like many, uh, I was a Michael Jackson. I grew up with Michael Jackson. I'm sure a lot of us have. Mm-hmm. Like that Thanks. was you know with the Jacksons, and then of course when he goes, you know, solo on the big way. So I, you you could have saw me and be like, oh, this nigga think he is Michael Jackson. Like you know, just. <laughs> adapted the whole the jerry curl penny loafers all that but at the same time uh rap music was what we had for ourselves you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it wasn't really popular like that but in a neighborhood you always heard whatever that rap song was it, it could have been the show at one point roxanne roxanne or you know the boogie boys it was just it was always the the rap song that was really the thing that was popping but it was just it was it felt like it was just sort of our thing in the neighborhood it wasn't you know wasn't on tv or anything like that so i always still had like okay i i know what you know rapping like we we always knew the words to uh rapper's delight or the message like you knew it word for word and we didn't know regular songs as intently as we seem to know these rap songs and i don't and at the time i don't even think we knew we understood how we were reciting these songs almost like they were scriptures or something like you just knew all the Mm -hmm. words Mm -hmm. so the guys that i hung out with um i'm trying how how it started is he making me think so of course there's run dmc Run, you know, Run DMC, and we would hear stuff on the radio, like the DJs would play on the radio shows. You'd have to listen to the radio to find it. Whoa, you got an alert or something? <laughs> no, I, I uh, made sure that I wasn't hearing getting sound notification. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, so we heard the songs. So I, you know, I would hear the songs, and at some point, it must have been around Beach Street breaking days which is uh which would predate purple rain and this is something we talked about when i talked with david and addy and them but uh the people that i was friends with we knew like there was the the breaking type of rap that you would start to see on tv but then there was the more authentic like the stuff coming out of new york like it wasn't mm-hmm. hollywood um so we were all into uh, style wars in wild style. Like yes, we probably. had those movies. <laughs> yeah, we and we would watch them. Not only were we watching them because we, you know, we were into graffiti. I was a graffiti really before the first thing I really got into was graffiti, like tagging and then trying to do pieces and doing these elaborate art pieces and shit like that. That's what we was into because we were watching Style Wars and Wild Style and we wanted to be like the graffiti writers. So we would dress like that. We would carry ourselves 
like that. We running around the town trying to steal, you know, spray bottles and, and tagging up shit because that's what we saw them doing in New York. And we felt like those were the realest, you know, more uh, that was super authentic. Like you had to be like that. Like we would identify the way they talked, the style of the clothes, the laces, the shoes, you know, we were just picking up on all this stuff. So for us, it was always like, well, that's what they doing in New York. That's that's the realest stuff. Like that's what you want to be on. And so for musically, yeah, we had the same sort of, uh, I guess R and B and black music sort of bigger hits that would come through the radio. But the stuff that we really, I almost you could say almost secretly were really into, was rap and stuff coming out of New York. And like I said, because of those movies, we would. That those gave us our cues on style, how to talk, how you carried yourself, the, you know, almost the ideology that was embedded in these movies would go out across the world, I guess, and across the country. And we would, so that's how we would be way over here. And we would identify with that as opposed to, and I never really noticed it, like, say, gang culture that was probably mm-hmm. closer to me, you know, uh, in terms of distance and transplants from uh, L.A. coming to uh, Seattle area. But because it wasn't shown to me in media and things that I was ingesting, I didn't to me, I just didn't even pay attention to it. Like I almost. And then when I did start to see pay attention to it, because, again, of the penetration of movies like uh, colors, mm-hmm. colors, uh, juice. Ford Apache, the Bronx, a little bit. I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. that one, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so you, and then of course, Boys in the Hood or something like that. That's when it became mainstream, and I started to notice it, and I was like, oh, okay. We had the the the, the New York mindset, so when we saw that stuff, we thought that that was corny. Like it was like, why would you want to be in a gang? Like. So you're talking about shooting other black people like that sounds ridiculous like yeah that you know was, what i mean <laughs> why would yeah. i want to that's dumb but mm-hmm. because you know the music was so dope <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and everything i start to like okay damn they's talking crazy but this shit is tight like whoa and i remember my friend tobias which uh, you met Tobias, I don't know if you remember at uh, yes, Pe- I remember Pe- Tobias. Yes, yes. He, I remember him coming over my house one day, and he had the the Ice Cube first solo album, uh, America's Most Wanted, and he was like, "Dude, you gotta listen to this." And I'm like, "Man, nobody, we're not trying to listen to no Ice Cube and this NWA. That stuff is ridiculous, man. We, you know, we were so like public enemy. <laughs> like, why would I want to listen to? He's like, but dude, li- he's like, listen to the music. This this shit is nuts." And that's when we kind of was like, okay, wow, like this is actually dope art. It's talking about some foolishness. But. Yeah, because if, <laughs> if you remember, you got, you know, we, we over here talking about self-destruction and you're heading for self-destruction right. in the West Coast. They popping off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, it was and, a weird dynamic. Absolutely. And that was like, but we, we identified with the self-destruction and all of that. And it was, and we looked at it the same way. But again, it was so uh, enticing, I guess, and it was such a push 
that we mm-hmm. eventually went went forward with that. But but to you know, I guess I'm answering your question, you know, how do we how did the music thing work like that? You know, I was very much like I said, I was very much into rap and hip hop and even you know springing it back to Prince. I would hear about it a little bit from another family member. Mm-hmm. But back then things were so regional, you know, Prince wasn't mainstream and in the world that I lived in, which, you know, the black population was super, super low. Prince didn't even penetrate out to Seattle. You know, that wasn't being played at wow. all uh, because the radio stations didn't play. You know, he wasn't mainstream. It was purely a black sort of stations would, would hit. But we didn't really have a strong black station like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had never heard. I never. So I missed a lot of that. Now, I would go to Houston, specifically uh, Houston, Texas, to visit my family member. Uh, and that's where Prince was the man, you know. But again, I was coming into it not knowing what they're talking about. They would just be like, oh, have you heard that? Like, no, nah, I never heard that one. And they play it for me. And I could I remember like maybe 19. I don't know if it was 1999. I think the last time I had went out there. Um, I, think, I think DMSR. Yeah, so 1999 had just came out. And uh, I had never but I had never heard it in Seattle. But I remember we went to this little party or something with my cousin, neighborhood party. And that's all they, I remember because I can remember seeing the eye on the turntable, you know, on the, on the, yes. I remember that, that that was so distinctive. I was like, well, that's interesting. (laughs) I never seen that shit like that. That's why I knew they were playing Prince. And I can kind of remember them playing DMSR. And that was like a, I could tell that was how, how I was mentioning earlier. There was always these rap songs that was the jam and like, when they came on, everybody would just, oh, hey. Um, I could see DMSR was like that to them. And I was tripping, like, how come I had never heard this? Because obviously they are, like, all into it. And I was just like, this is interesting. And that was the the biggest, you know, that's what I just thought about. I was like, oh, okay. And when I went back home, I heard nothing of it until, of course, you know, Purple Rain goes mainstream. But uh, But even then, leading up to that, my cousin had moved to Seattle after, you know, who used to live in Houston. So she moves to Seattle and she moved to Seattle right when the Purple Rain album was getting ready to come out. And she's already a massive fan. And so all oh, that's all she's talking about. And all I want to talk about is Run DMC, you know, King of Rock <laughs> and different mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And I remember we went to the record store. She's like, oh, the album comes out today. And I was like, okay, so <laughs> I'm going to go buy my run dmc stuff so we both she bought uh she bought both albums the time album ice cream castle and uh purple rain they were both out and this was before the movie and i always remember we would go to this little park uh down the street from my grandmother's house and we would play music on our boombox, and we always had to fight like who got to play what she always wanted to play prince and I always wanted to play my rap stuff. <laughs> and, I, and I always remember when she put on Let's Go Crazy, you know, it was at the top of the tape. And I had never heard nothing like that. I was like, first I was like, this is some rock shit. You know, I was just trying to come up with all kinds of ways to, to t- talk, bad, talk bad about it. I was like, but then I'm listening to it and I was like, damn, 
this actually? I was like, what is this actually sounds kind of dope. What is this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then when she would play the time stuff, it was immediate for me. I was like, yo, this is, I was like, this is hot. Like, you know, I was so into uh, Ice Cream Castles, the song. Like, I was like, I had never, I was like, wow, what is this? But okay, now we got to play our Run DMC. <laughs> 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 but it, and then, you know, of course, seeing the movie and all of that, I realized she was right. Like, now I see why she was so enamored with this. Like, this was like, I, I was like, whoa. It was like another world was being shown on the screen. And again, like, everything, I feel like all of the big moments for us back then, they all be, they were from movies and, or how they, you know, they, they affected us. Like I said, seeing Breaking had an effect to like, wow, you can, you sort of legitimize some of rap stuff in your mind. And you saw Beach Street. It's like, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, but they were showing us glimpses, not just of the main attraction people that are the stars of movies, but it was everybody around them who I actually was enamored with. So like Crazy Legs and the Rocksteady yep. crew and all them, mm-hmm. those, mm-hmm. I would go back and watch their scenes over and over. Or, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I was, we wanted to be like them. And it was yeah. the the style of it all, and I think that to me that was the same way with Prince. Even though Prince was so like, he was like, "Whoa, this I don't I never seen like this." But it was the style of it all that was like, "That's another world that looks dope." Like I want to dress like them. I want to mm-hmm. look like them. I want to play music and be in a band like that. Like that's what it opened to me. It just it opened another style world for us the same way when we saw that New York stuff that opened up another world that was way different than my home and Purple Rain was another big door opening so I was just like I don't even really you know I, I'm I, I'm like all into rap and dressing like hip hop and stuff but I want to do this <laughs> like, I think this is what I really like like I never you know what I mean they start sneaking up on you yeah, and it just changed everything, and and from that point, you know, uh, it it changed everything for me. And like, like a lot of us in the neighborhood, we all ended up wanting to get into music at a certain point and be rappers. And I did too, but I only felt like that because everyone else around me wanted to do that. But what I really wanted to be was like the time and Prince in them. Like, but nobody else was. You know, who, who could I go to get that? And so I remember, like, there would always be the neighborhood beat maker or DJ cat who had all the equipment, and you would always go over there and try to make a song or something. And and I knew happened to knew happened to know one of the biggest and best guys at it, and we were really cool. We all worked at McDonald's together, that's how I knew. So he's like, "Yeah, hey, man, come on over, man. We, you know, make some beats or play around or something. And I remember going over his house and, you know, he was a master DJ. He still is to this day, producer. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, okay, what do you want to do? And I said, can I play you something? I remember, I was like, can I play something? I had the Sign of the Times record, right, vinyl. I pull it on Ballad of Dorothy Park. And and I was like, can you make something like that? <laughs> he looked at me and like, nigga. <laughs> He's like, nigga, I can't do He was like, uh, this is some other shit. He was like, but, but we ended up coming up with something 
where you could hear the influence influence. of Mm -hmm. the, of course, the rap stuff, but you could hear like there was something else going on here. And that was the influence of of Prince and stuff that I was I had brought into it. And I was that's where I stayed for a few years. I just tried Mm to work within this hip hop sort of production mindset. But I wanted to do what I was hearing Prince do. Uh, so it was like trying to mold, mold or flesh both of these together and try to figure it out. And, and that was how I got into doing music and um, doing all kind of shit. So, so yeah, I mean, the, 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 the outside influences of music definitely shaped us, shaped me. Uh, and that's how I identified with hip hop early on. Uh, and anyway, so that was a long, long uh, fifteen-minute <laughs> version. No, no, that that makes sense. And, and to the to the beauty of what you said, as far as like hip hop and Prince, um, you know, bringing up Crazy Lazy, you you were opened up to the dance world of it all. Now you Absolutely. understand great dancing happening, all of the style, mm-hmm. and in in my uh, history, definitely was all about Michael and Prince. Mm-hmm. So you know, when you went to school every morning, you told, oh, "Did you see this video? Did you <laughs> see that?" And I'm all coming to school with a ruffle blouse and a beaded <laughs> jacket on. <laughs> Cause I got to mix it up with some, you know, yeah. lace gloves and okay. and, a, and a skirt, denim skirt or whatever. Yeah, I had and, the, I had the thriller jacket. No, I had yeah. the, I had the beater jacket. I'm sorry, the fake yeah, beater jacket. I, I mixed it both. So, <laughs> so finally, fast forward a couple of years, and you get Crush Groove, mm. and my I'm proud because I'm other people get to, mm. you know, my friends get to hear about what I'm into, which is you know Prince, Sheila E, mm-hmm. and it bridge those worlds together because I loved hip hop too. I wasn't like deep, deep there because again, I was in the world of Michael and Prince. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when, when Crush Groove came out, it all came together for me. And they're yes. like, I get it now. And it was great. It was it was such a great time then. Um, you had hip hop, you had R&B, there was Prince Michael, there's, you know, Blue Eyed Soul, going over in the UK, there was just mm-hmm. all of these mixtures and melting pot of music that you can explore. Uh, it's really, really great. I want to ask you one, one thing about you that, and I, it was, we're getting deep into this conversation. I just feel like there's like a fireside chat or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I'm talking to Tammy. Tammy, how are you doing? I'm good, Mr. D. Okay. Good, very good, very good. Put that out there. Who, 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 why don't you know who's speaking? But one of the things that when I uh, picked up from you, I guess maybe it was just through social media or, or whatever, but talk to me about the influence or the impact or just whatever it could be about Janet Jackson to you. I feel like part of me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, part of me identifies with you in a sense it's maybe it's a subconscious thing, but I sometimes or I have seen pictures and I can see Janet Jackson through you, if that makes any sense. Like I could see like she must 
like Janet Jackson. And I love Janet Jackson. You know, we've talked about Prince and Michael and the influences, but there's a Janet sort of thread that runs through particular times in music that, at least in my age, you was in love with Janet Jackson for whatever reason. And I feel like I can see the Janet something coming. It's like sometimes you can see the Prince in people or I yeah, can see the Michael in them or, or I can see the, It's you just know. a vibe, I guess. Yeah. So talk yeah. to me about Janet Jackson. Well, uh, <laughs> Janet, Janet, Janet. You know, I have a, I do have a trifecta. My trifecta is PMS. Not that PMS lady. <laughs> Prince, Michael, and Sade. Ooh, as I look at Those Sade poster looking over me. Artists, if there were... Mm-hmm. If I was on an island and that's all I had to listen to, I'd be good. Mm. However, there is a sub tier, and that tier is definitely Janet Jackson. Um, of of just female performers who I look up to, mm-hmm. and just the excellent. So people like Janet Jackson, uh, Grace Jones, mm. Diana Ross. These are women who I grew up, they were my Beyonce's. Oh, and let me, lest I forget the late Donna Summer. Donna Summer okay. was my Beyonce at two years old. Wow. Uh, but going back to Janet, she just, I just could, I had just a connection with her music. Uh, again, the style, you know, I was never one that was into frills and pink and stuff like that and then mm-hmm. she came out with this all black and i'm yeah. like finally someone speaks my <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you know it's just the shift and I, and I never tried to um dress like her or anything like that because i i always had my own personal style okay. however there'd be little things that i would you know incorporate you know the boots the club kit boots or you know the jewelry the belt but still it had me in there. And of course, again, I'm still on the, the, the Michael and Prince train. So that was where the, you know, the, the style came from. Uh, but for Janet, just her from watching her on, on good times and, mm-hmm. uh, and different strokes, you know, and right. in fame, you sort right. of like sort of grow up mm-hmm. and you see someone who you see yourself in them somewhat uh, and she loved animals you know and I loved animals it's just I, I feel a sistership mm-hmm. with Janet Jackson pretty much nothing crazy but Janet was definitely the bl- the blueprint of you know growing up musically and you see them sort of come into themselves like Rhythm Nation Control mm. that was it Mm-hmm. And then to have, I still have to go back to this because of all people for this to happen to, it was just the world or the universe just circling back. To have her walking to my my you know my job, twenty sixteen. Wait 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 wait. So what? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't hear this story. Yeah, tell you me the whole. Heard this story. Maybe I did. I just I'm getting old. I forget. No, what it's happened? Okay. okay. <laughs> So, um, June 
shortly after Prince Bath, of course. June of 2016, I'm at work. And I'm not going to say where I work just for safety purposes. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing big, but just I'm very private in that way. So I'm at work and I see gentleman walks in pretty slow that day because usually in June, you know, people are kind of easing and going to their summer homes or whatever may have you. I'm at work. I see this gentleman come in and I say, wow, he, he kind of looks like... um kind of looked like Julius. And I'm like, okay, no. And I'm, you know. And, and who was Julius? Who was this? I, I hope I didn't, I'm probably, I'm getting old too, so I hope I'm not <laughs> messing up his name. Um, I never started with a J, but her security guard. Okay, gotcha. So he walks in first and sort of looks around. And then... Young woman comes in, hat on, braids, and I see she walks in and she makes, immediately walks left, and they're together. And I see the side profile, and I'm blind, mind you. I really can't see. (laughs) So I'm nearsighted, so I really can't see. But I look and my eyes, I guess, focus <laughs> and my stomach just dropped. Wow. <laughs> and I said to myself, oh my gosh, it is Janet Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I know mean, you was ready to lose it. <laughs> and another young lady came in. Um, her, her, her assistant was with her. And at this time, she's very much pregnant. And I know you've heard the crazy rumors of people like, oh, she's not pregnant or blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. She's very much pregnant. And yeah, she came to the store and I had a chance to really have a a good conversation with her. Really? Yeah, for about almost a little over an hour, almost two hours. Wow. And immediately I went in, you know, of course, I'm not going to go in oh my god you know and fan out so I have to be professional and I'm used to being around you know working with um, different celebrities then and um, however I did I locked the door <laughs> and I said you know I went over to I didn't approach her first I went over to um, security guard I said you know just anything she needs just let me know I'll get to have everything set up so on and so forth um, so we did have I will not dis- disclose of what we talked about, but we did mention, um, we talked about Michael, we talked about Prince for a bit. Hmm. And, you know, I'm still in that raw space because it just happened in, you know, April. Okay. Um, wow. mm-hmm. But anyway, she got comfortable enough to have me come in. And I, of course, me, know, I would know what Janet would like to wear. So I'm just like picking <laughs> stuff like, Oh, I got this. <laughs> like I, I got this, and she's like, "Oh no, I like that. I don't like. I don't want to. You know, we're going through things, and I'm just letting her listen. Right whatever you need, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I got you." And I said, "Whatever, you know, whatever's discussed here, it stays here. I'm 
definitely going to protect your your, your privacy because I definitely have a, a reverence for you and your family. Mm. And I still stand by that. And anyway, nice. long story short, I wind up getting invited to concert. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I, um, her assistant sent me a text and everything lined up and, you know, Janet got me tickets to her concert. So anyway, Man, that's to, cool. That's cool. Go mm. back over everything to admire this person since I was a kid <laughs> and to be, you know, now an adult and she could have went into any store. Mm-hmm. She came to mind. So it's just like yeah. those little things that you go, wow, wow, universe, thank you. That was pretty cool for that to happen. Well, you are a universal person, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> <laughs> as we'll get into. But so, wow, yeah, what did she seem like cool. to you? Was she like as cool? Well, she was or, very, you know, when she came in, it, you know, it's, it's, it's warm and and anyone who's here in New York, when it's hot here, it's hot. So when it's hot and carrying a baby is pretty miserable, you know, or feeling miserable, I'd imagine. But she was very gracious, very sweet, gorgeous, hmm. um, more more gorgeous in person and in, in, in pictures as far as I'm concerned. Um, and wow. it's funny, when I'm looking at her, I see Michael. Mm-hmm. And of course, naturally, as her brother, but... Mm-hmm. The mind is like, wow, you know. I can imagine. She's right here, you know. This, I, like, she's yeah. right here, but I'm seeing Michael, and just yeah, the yeah. genes are so strong. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But she was very, very gracious, very kind, <clears throat> and came back twice. Oh, really? Yeah, came back twice, and um, wow, that's dope. And she dropped off a letter to me. She has her own stationery. I will share that with everybody. Her <laughs> own stationery, Janet Jackson in gold. Love it. It was a really nice, you know, really nice uh, words. <laughs> I got the baby um, a, a present. Um, didn't know it was going to be a boy or a girl, but I had a feeling it was a boy. Just, I just had that feeling. Mm. And... Yeah, that was a great, it was a great experience and it was very, um, just nice to have that experience with her. And only, only thing I did, uh, what I will mention from the conversation, I said, I let her know, I said, you know, Prince always played your music live. You know, he might not have been singing it, he was jamming to your music. But I just, just want you to know that if you don't already know, it's just like, yeah, no, that's really Really cool. You know, we mentioned some other, you know, stuff about religion and talking about religion, just different things. But she was very, very gracious and I also gave her her space. Um, everyone needs their space. I like my space and I'm not a celebrity. <laughs> so right. left it to do and then she would be quiet, call, come call me back over, see what I think. And, um, you know, basically I shut the place down so that she can have full range to have her privacy and uh yeah so that's that's my that's my janet story but definitely the influence um it's just a definitely deep sincere admiration for her work for her contribution to dance for her contribution to wanting to make um Hmm. 
the world, you know, a much better right. place through music and dance. No, I, I, she's not a Aretha Franklin or whatever, but Janet has changed Janet the school Janet, of yeah. music history. Yeah, Jan, Janet she, is Janet. She made the way for Ciara or many other artists mm-hmm. you know, that who's come who's come up now. I had no idea about this Janet story like that. That's just a very interesting. Like I, I could see, like I said, I the same way you kind of see, you can see that Michael in her. I, I can mm-hmm. see that Janet kind of thing in you, but I had no idea you had met her like that. That's crazy. Yeah, right? met her in twenty sixteen. Um, you know, as many of us, my 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 spirit was broken and just. Mm-hmm. Down so, and and to have her walk in there and have that conversation after she's you know gone through that. Not to say that you know Prince family member of mine, but it felt like a family member died for all of us. You know, so mm-hmm. it, two months after, I felt like the universe, God, whatever you will, was just sending me a little salve. You know, like mm-hmm. you're gonna be all right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, it was nice to have the, the concert to look forward to, and uh, yeah. So okay. I'm, I'm forever, forever, eternally grateful to Janet Demita Joe Jackson. <laughs> yeah, there's, you know, she is such a so unique in terms of like, I think what she represents and where she comes from. I don't know if we have yet to ever see anything like that and like you said she comes from basically royalty <laughs> you yeah, know to us royalty. right she grew up in it you mm-hmm. we, we saw her sort of acting a little bit and and just like you knew we knew who she was <clears throat> she didn't have any big hits at the, or anything like that yet she was kind of, you know trying to put her she's putting her music out but th- you know the early one that kind of wasn't it you know but but it was mm-hmm. but it, we knew she was a jackson like and michael was continuing to just, you know, shining light. But it was a certain sort of respect that we have for the Jacksons. Like the Jackson five and the Jacksons, they done laid the groundwork. So anybody that come out that family, the expectation is that they're going to be the shit. Like you, you got to give them respect off the top because they earned that. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. that's when we saw Janet growing up and we were just kind of was waiting for that thing and when she finally clicked in with Jam and yeah, Lewis, Jam and Jam and Lewis, that you know, was it. And and that yeah. and the other part of that makes to me, I look at it now, is she comes from the royal family, the Jacksons, and of course is going to be influenced by all of that. But at mm-hmm. the same point, she is a she is us of a Minneapolis town, right? Kind and of. she can't not help be influenced by Prince. Mm-hmm. And what they got going on, and I just think we just got the best of both of those worlds. We got the Absolutely. the Minneapolis, and we got the Jackson staple of excellence of Michael, and she was just the convergence of all of that. And she rose to the occasion, and, and and became almost like I don't like to say threat is a word, but she became like both of those two brothers have to recognize, yo. She's coming up. Yeah, she, she ain't is. playing. That's <laughs> like, okay. And she always has that little glimmer of light in her yeah. uh, and star quality. If you looked at, you know, then the variety shows. Yep. Um, yep. 
Just who was her, she? Who her, was she? Was it May West or something? What was she doing? She was doing May West. May West, yeah. And I think one of my favorite videos to watch is is the Vicky Lawrence uh, when she was with um, it was Vicky Lawrence when the Jacksons were dancing. Body language. That is my hmm. one of my favorite videos to watch of all of them. It's just such a vibe, and I just wished I was. Uh, <laughs> In that in that time frame, but I was guessing was a kid or whatever. But mm-hmm. it's a great video. It just shows all the Jacksons, all of them there. And yeah, once she was on these variety shows and share, she just right. had this this star quality. Wasn't shy. I'm sure watching her brothers, you can't help but you know pick up mm-hmm. on what they're doing. Uh, and I, I have to. I'm gonna get smoke for this. I'm gonna get smoked, but I'm okay. I, I'm gonna stick my chest out while I say it. Okay. <laughs> I'm wondering if Reby Jackson, if she continued on the path of being a pop star, would we have Janet? I'm Inter- gonna, that that's be- interesting. Actually, interesting. <clears throat> that's a valid question. Yeah. It's just I, a thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even, well, though she we was, just got, even just we even though we just had centipede. But that was I the mean, shit. Yeah, I'm imagining <laughs> what it would be if Jam and Lewis worked mm. with Reeby as well. Mm. Like just having that production. That they around. got with her first or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting. Yeah, I no, mean it's yeah. just it's just as you say, how how is it you say in the in an alternate life or alternate in the, world in the quantum realm? <laughs> in the quantum realm, yes. <laughs> I'm sure there is a, a timeline where Rebe is the Janet Jackson, <laughs> <laughs> and she's doing it's all about control. <laughs> well, you you know, but again, um, she chose to you know continue with her her faith and and mm-hmm. family, and nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. God, so you're just making me think of the Jacksons, man. Like, ah. Uh, and I'm so looking forward to oh, the Jan's documentary. documentary. Yeah. yeah, looking forward yeah. to that. Yeah, we. It's easy to do now, but I hope younger people. Uh, uh, let, me, let me be clear. There's so much reverence and respect for Michael Jackson from 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 younger generation. It's it's, it's incredible, but. I hope there's things out there where they can really see how badass the Jacksons were. Like how the reason why we have a lot of the things we have today is the Jacksons, man. Like yep. they, it's easy to do. Oh, Tito or we be, you know, I'd be clowning <laughs> Jermaine and all that, but let me be very clear. Them cats That's really get beauty. a pass and respect at least for me off the top like that they did jacksons like that they were the they were real life superheroes and they had luke skywalker it was their younger brother mm-hmm. you know michael jackson right. <laughs> and that's like a, that's a good analogy yeah, yeah and he's just like we all watched him he was a kid fascinating you know incredible and just all those years that they were doing stuff like you said the variety shows and just every they were incredible, man. Not for the younger people. Variety shows is when you gather around the television and you know 
some big name celebrity would have a host of mm-hmm. uh, celebrities come up and do skit and sing and perform. You you had to be a triple threat then. Yeah, you had to be talented back then. You had to be talented. <laughs> yeah. the, to even the, be on those stages with the caliber of of those yeah. performers. And they was doing that. Well, I guess it was weekly or whatever. I mean, full on productions. It's just ridiculous. Uh, to me, I guess in a sense, some you could argue maybe the you still see the DNA of that stuff today in these. I never even I actually never watched these shows like the Mass Singers and these type yeah. of singing type shows. Yeah. The DNA of it sort of exists in those types of things. But imagine if it was. <clears throat> and there's no one I can compare it to. It would be some artist who they whole family was raw. Talented. It was talented. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. did that every week and they was the shit. Like and then they and then they go on to world dominance. It, it, you know, you just you've never seen nothing like that. And I just think the Jacksons really put it down so heavy. I don't know if anyone could it's just too many things that would have to fall in place for that to happen. Yeah, for a whole, you know I mean? for for a whole family. family to have that dynamic. I mean, yeah. of course, you had all at the same time. You had uh, the Barge family. Mm-hmm. But still, they sonically together, their voices are, are beautiful. But yeah. they still didn't do those things like Jackson did. You had Five Star, the Jet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They didn't have with Joe Jackson. That, they didn't have uh, a just joke keep, it, keep it a book. They did. <laughs> well, I mean, they did not have the visionary, disciplinary black dad who wasn't mm-hmm. taking no shit and was mm-hmm. gonna make sure their kids was gonna withstand all of the stuff that was gonna come at them. Mm-hmm. And he and, and it may have seemed like he he ruled it with an iron fist. I'm gonna say iron fist of love, but these other groups did not have that. They had t- the talent. But that was what I'm saying. There were so many factors for the Jacksons, but that number one factor, and I know they don't like to, they don't want to give it up to him, is Joe Jackson. Because <clears throat> without yeah. that, they're not going to be whipped into shape. Right. Figurative, however you want to call it. That's why the Jacksons always was on point. And that spirit of excellence, whether that came from fear, whether it's because you wanted to please your daddy, whatever it is you want to call it, that's what excels them all to places we ain't, we have yet to see a, a, a whole family do. I mean, one person to be the star or one person, but they, everyone in there had a run to some mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some of them had superstar runs, but I mean, man, it was the, it was the family, man. They, even to this day, you know, there's, there's been deaths and different things, but the Jackson family and the grandkids and every, they good. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? In terms of like that name is still strong and the kids about there fighting for the respect. Uh, they all, you know, had their business was handled properly. The, the mom is still here, still mm-hmm. respected. Still yep. being taken care of, still has a, you know what I mean? It's like, you ain't never seen, it's nothing like that. You know, there's not, even though it's, it could be like said like, oh, there's all these scandals, but they ain't true. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like it's on right. some bullshit. But right. but the mom and her still standing strong. <laughs> they still unify. And we, you know, I don't know any other pop culture family you can say that about. That's that's on that level, man. The Jacksons is the shit. Even with Mike gone, still they still don't. They I mean they still sweating. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's still on them. And it was, you know, after Mike, Mike, uh, Michael passed, and the Jacksons uh, brothers got back together. Man, that was still a fantastic show. Mm, Marlon mm-hmm. held his own body rolls and all. <laughs> and I don't mean body rolls like like in your back or whatever. I mean dancing that that movement. He was like, I'm gonna show y'all what I have right, and what I impart. I don't know if you remember that scene where Marlon's doing the most. <laughs> oh, I, listen. How many Marlins? I, I clown Mar- but I, because I love Marlon. That, that, they, because they superstars of me, so I can clown on them like that, but oh, you already, you ain't got to tell me. I, I already know. <laughs> so, it was a great show. Everyone contributed, even to this day right now. Uh, Tito has new music out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, they're still carving their own path and doing their own thing. Yeah. So, and they should be shown the same level of respect and reverence as some of these other rock stars and mm-hmm. all that. They, they the Jacksons, like they did that. They can't, you can't take nothing back. They got cultural generational hits mm-hmm. and that's it. Just like any other rock band or whatever. You know, they were bigger than all of them groups in my to, to me, their yep. influence is bigger than all them other groups. I, I don't care what like I said, they had Luke Skywalker. They, they had the hope in their group. <laughs> that was their little brother. The actual hope for the world was in their group. And so that's that's it. I just like, okay. And Marlon, for much as I want to Marlon was standing right there with Michael doing the moves. And, yep, and getting it right. popping, doing you know, that's part, doing the choreography. So yeah. they did a great job, you know, with their shows that they came back with. And it just brought me back to me being at the Victory Tour mm. with my dad. Just wow. What, what an amazing show. I mean, you get there in the parking lot, you have like <laughs> maybe 40 ambulances deep right. on an angle because they're ready for people to pass out and drag them out. And then the pyrotechnic. And yeah. you hear that, can you feel it? <laughs> and everyone just goes wild. It was amazing then. You know, I was glad to just see those shows again. But it still was still sad because you realize that I shouldn't even say sad. It was melancholy because you're realizing that this era has like come so far. Mm. And it ended with Michael. Um, but you know, again, that family is is is, is strong, and maybe <laughs> hopefully their grandkids or the kids will years from now will pick up and do something, and you yeah. know, be be just as great. Because you can go to any corner of the world, and you're going to know who Michael Jackson is. You're going to know the Jackson. Absolutely. Yeah, it rings out. That is a universal musical hold on the world. The end. Yeah, yeah that's it. That's and it. then if we want to bring it back to Prince, 
<clears throat> you have a time where you had Prince and Michael coexisting at the same time, dominating the the, the music mm-hmm. chart. Which is crazy if you go if looking you at it now. It's yeah. that's crazy. Two black men <laughs> just at the top of their craft, mm-hmm. not trying to be like one another at all, but watching one another, right? You know. And just to have that sort of creative um, push, like, oh, you did that, okay. And then you have, you hear this person's doing this, this person's doing that. And as far as Michael, what he did with the film world, bridging film and music together, Mm -hmm. changed the scope of videos, Mm -hmm. prints, what he did with musicianship and live, his live stuff and just the mystery. Mm. That was intriguing. Mm It was groundbreaking. It was it was really, really a great time in music. And I wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> I wouldn't change a thing. It was really good 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 times, good stuff. And um it's also wonderful to just have conversations with people who've been there, who get it, who understand mm-hmm. what that time was about. Yeah. Uh, th- just to go back to that victory tour for a second that show was so you know what so i got to see that i think it was in vancouver but it was like it was so uh spectacular for my young mind i have Mm -hmm. no recollection of the show wow Uh, i feel like i saw it and it first as you had mentioned it was probably the biggest concert attendance wise i had ever been to in my life I mean, it was just like ridiculous amount of people where I felt like Michael was like three blocks away or something. That's that's how mm-hmm. it felt to me. <clears throat> but it was such an overwhelming thing that I felt like, you know, uh, uh, what's the movie with Will Smith and they flash that light in front of you and you just like forget everything. No, I, Men I, in Black. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt yeah. like somebody just held a light over the entire auditorium place and just <laughs> flashed our brain like you're not going to remember what you just saw here. It's it's too much. Like your brain will blow up. If, and that's how I feel like I, I, I feel like it was just so incredible. I, I can remember how I felt, mm-hmm. but I can't remember anything about what was going on up there. It was just so I was so enamored with Michael Jackson at that point that I maybe I fainted or I don't know. You probably were in shock or I probably was. I just who knows? But it's just it was sensory overload at the time. Yeah. Like, it like, blew I remember me away. walking in. I remember the you know going inside and all the it was just nothing but people, just droves yeah. of people. But I couldn't I, believe he was mean, there. That's what it was. I just yeah, couldn't like, believe he was group. there. Yeah. Yeah. That's how that's what I'm saying. That's how big Michael when you like I said, if you go to a concert or something and you know the performer <clears throat> is there, but you can't believe he's there. <laughs> like it's just you know, it's like he can't be real. But he is. And that's how I felt. Like I was like, somebody's well, Iron Man is standing. Yeah, but that doesn't exist. But I can say, Yeah, it does. Like he's like, it just right doesn't there. Yeah, like, but he's there. He's way oh you can hear him, you can see it on the screen. And just in my mind, I just couldn't believe, like, why would he come here? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, he was that big to me. Like, he wouldn't come here. Even though I just bought a ticket and I, I'm standing here, 
There's no way he'd come here. <laughs> it feels like a mirage on my phone, like, you know, a dream. Yeah. Yeah. The dream. That That's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's Michael Jackson, man. And that's why, like, you know, and you hear people say, oh, such and such is bigger than Michael Jackson. I just, and I don't really think you understand. They, yeah, they're, they're, talking, <laughs> they, they're talking crazy now, especially, <laughs> they really are because, first of all, pre-social media, if they understood right. just a glimpse of the commercials, the award mm-hmm. shows, mm-hmm. the concert, the merchandise, um, just everything, they would not. Because I guarantee you, whomever they're saying is bigger than him would not be able they may fill an arena but they're not going to have that longevity they're not going to have the vision to do now what michael did then and yeah and and the way things are set up they can't there's just no way you know if something happened to whoever the biggest artist is today they're not going to preempt all of media to talk Mm -hmm. about it only because there's too much media, there's too much out there. But back then, we mm-hmm. you know was, we were working with there's only a set amount of channels. Yeah, it's only a set amount of places where you're going to get information from. So mm-hmm. it's going to be on all of them. Yep, and dominate everything. And that's the Michael Jackson era. It's just it'd be impossible to blanket everything. I said blanket. It'd be impossible to to cover <laughs> <laughs> cover everything like that today. Yeah. yeah, and it's just that that was the difference. Like you said, pre social media, pre internet, pre mm-hmm. cell phone, and pre instant access to everything. No. Yeah, you, you know. did it. Do you know what it? I mean, to your point, you know how much power that is to mobilize millions of households right. to come together because thriller is coming on mm-hmm. at this time at that moment and you have all syndicated television tuned in yep everyone's gonna watch it at the exact same everyone's time watching it. <laughs> no matter that what is, you was into he was gonna yeah, watch that it. is direct marketing from the tv to the brain right and it is embedded I still remember that moment. And he had yep. many yeah. of those moments, right? Like mm-hmm. Thriller, yeah. the bad video. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, the one that started it all, the original viral moment, in my opinion, was Motown 25. Yes. <clears throat> that was the that. Trinkling jacket, yeah. his mom's jacket, and those socks and those loafers, that was it. Yeah, was I mean, that was movie. everybody... Just a matter, like I said, there wasn't that many channels. This is like cable was barely come a thing at that point, but everyone had the basic channels. Mm-hmm. And so you said, "Oh, there's a Motown shows coming on. Ain't nothing else to watch that's gonna be better." Than, of course, we're all going to watch it. Like, why wouldn't you watch that? It's gonna be the biggest thing on TV. There's nothing else to watch. Yeah, the award shows were big then, and they yeah. they had substance. You had no choice but to watch them. I mean, it was like, where else are you going to see these people at? <laughs> you, know, what are you, you, had, about? you had to watch it because the next day when you go to school, 
That's all you're going to talk about. That's the conversation <clears throat> at the lunch table. And, <laughs> yeah. And that's where you're going to get your style cues. You get your culture your right culture, there. All of that, mm-hmm. you know, again. Yeah. And that's why those moments were so big. man. And, and it's mm-hmm. hard to replicate that today because there's just so many ways to see these things now where the award shows of today are pretty much dead, in my opinion. Like, it's just it's you can little, little great little good performances like, you know, but other than that, it, it's forgettable. They just don't have the cultural impact. And yeah. there's no way they could because we're watching too many different things now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to mm-hmm. all just sit down and watch this show at this time. No, I may watch it know. tomorrow, if even, or next right. week because we have the ability to go back now. Where, you know, yeah, yeah. And play yeah. back later. I always, the, one of the things I always remember, outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> My man, Lionel Richie, Richie, he showed out that year. Well, I was like, but I loved it. I said, like, okay, yeah, that was a big moment. I was like, okay, Lionel Richie, okay, you know. Yeah, but- and then him, you know, in his own right, you know, these are all heavy hitters, and mm. you don't have today. And I don't want to sound like that because, don't get me wrong, there is some great music out there. There's some good upcoming Absolutely. musicians. Absolutely. However. These award shows don't have heavy hitters. They have, they have a difficult time, you know, even finding people worth putting together a show. As far as I'm concerned, you know, mm. there's not, and also there's not many left. You know, who you're gonna have yeah. up there? They're getting up there in, in age. Um, I think, yeah. like, to me, I believe there are dope ass. Michael level, Prince level, Bobby Brown. There are these artists that exist, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> they're probably niched in something else. And uh, there's just, it's impossible for the quote unquote gatekeepers to know about these acts. You just can't know about everything. There's way more acts than there ever was. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, uh, so by the time they do maybe find something like that, the other part of the game is they have to push that against, well, is this person going to bring in people to want to watch the show though? <laughs> they're not right. known. They're not known like that. So they, we ain't putting yeah, them they, on that they, screen. You know, they may be good as hell, but they don't bring no ratings or no ad rev. So get them out of here. Exactly. You know what I mean? Or they may be the most best singer in the world, but they don't look like Beyonce mm-hmm. or what we think the template should look like. So we're not going to put them on As the main yeah, headline like, like that. It's just not going to happen. And I think that's what's happening a lot of days is the, 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 the talent is there, but I think now everything is judged by this markability market, type of thing. You scandal you've gotten to that. Yeah. Lead. And it just doesn't, the, 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 the talent isn't the main gauge. So that's why, yeah, I'd rather just put, like you said, this person who's got, who's, who's known more for scandals and they're more in the public eye on social media. I put them on because they're going to bring seats to it, even though, you know, their performance is going to be trash, but you know, that doesn't really matter. Right. That's, <laughs> we're right. Not just... they're, they're more so, you know, again, I'm going to mention someone and I, I don't particularly listen to him because his music doesn't doesn't resonate with me. I appreciate his um I call him the male Lady Gaga now, and that's little little Nas X. Interesting. 
you know, and someone like him, oh, you know, how how far can I just do something else that's going to be of shock value? Mm. But it would be it'll be interesting to see what the next couple of years will bring. You know, will you have that longevity or is this just mm-hmm. short term, you know, whatever? You know, I like um I like Doja Cat. I think she's really talented. She definitely can do great things. Of course, it's Cardi B. Hmm. And again, hmm. these are all <clears throat> visual skates. But for mm-hmm. me, I would love to see, although she's solo now, I would like to see Alabama Shake. You know, I have Brittany Howard up there. She's an amazing mm-hmm. vocalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they are so hell-bent on what your package is as opposed to talent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to speak bad on any, any artists. Because uh, oh, no. the game, the, you know, just the, the thing that determines stuff is just totally different. And it's it's a different diff- now. You know, and, so and, I get it. Like We don't want to be seen as, oh, <clears throat> no. Y'all are not, y'all not with the times. <laughs> no, I understand right. what's and, going on, but it's just different. It's just it's, a different, it a different bar. Yeah, you know, determination, and I, I. This is the last thing I'll say on this for me personally, and I've talked about it before. People get oh, I, I, and I'm not even a fan of the work like that. I don't listen mm-hmm. to his stuff like that. I've listened to the first two albums I probably bought, and I did the shit to me. But like a Kanye West or something like that. Um, yeah, I just watched maybe the first. 40 minutes and I fast forwarded through it. He's got a concert on Amazon. It's him and Drake. It's like free Hoover concert or something. Free, free Larry Hoover. Free Larry Hoover. It, again, I, I didn't run to watch it because I'm like... Yeah. yeah. I, I had no intention. I was just sitting there. It was late at night. This is the other night actually and I was like, you know what? I just sat in my mind and said, what does a rapper look like today? <laughs> I just was... I was like, what does the superstar rapper look And so I started watching that and I was, he has the whole choir thing. Mm-hmm. Come, and I've heard of it, but I never paid attention to it. They performed for like 30 minutes or something. I was like, really? Like, I was like, he really can do whatever the hell he wants because they were super talented. But I was like, 30, 40 minutes of this? That's, yeah, that won't cut it for I was me. like, that's you know, crazy. Two, three hours of a performance. <laughs> right. And I then he, he finally comes out. And the spectacle of it was so fascinating to me because I was like, this is what rap, this is the mainstream superstar rapper. And he came down descending from the staircase at that L.A. arena thing was where they had the they had the Olympics back in the 80s. It's it's so imprinted in my mind of, you know, when they bring the and he comes down and smoke like that, him and Drake just walking down. And I was like, this is so uh, iconic in terms of the visual presentation of it. I was like, they're presenting themselves as gods. And like, and I was like, that's dope that black artists, you know, hip hop has come to this level. I just thought it was, I was like, this is so fascinating. And then when he walks to the stage that's in the round almost, it's just a white stage with smoke coming off the side and it ramps Mm -hmm. up to the center of it and he just stood 
in that for the entire performance with nothing else up there it just him with smoke and you could see there was a whole you know arena surrounding him i couldn't watch it all because it was kind of boring to me but i was mm-hmm. like this i was like damn these niggas is superstar. <laughs> I was like, I didn't, I, like I know who Kanye is, but I've never really paid attention to it in the last 10 years. But I was watching mm-hmm. and I was just like, I may not really be feeling them like this, but I have to give it up. It's like whatever he's doing. It's clicking with, you know, yeah, with it's, his, his fan base. he understands today's place. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is the, I was like, I'm just amazed how far rap had come. I was like, God, Damn, he's big. And and listen, I'm not going to compare them to the people I like. All I will say is, I believe he is in his. I don't know what interpretation of him no. In terms of how long he's been out, mm-hmm. he's been in his what? Is it 20 years or something now? About 20 years. Like the Kanye, the Kanye who I resonate with, which is is a brilliant album. Yeah, my my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. That is brilliant. brilliant. And, and I and I've heard I've heard people herald that album. I personally have not listened to it. I I know some of the bigger songs from it. I have the mm-hmm. utmost respect for it. But I'm like, if I don't know of any other one rapper, let alone pop star, who has been in the game as long as he's been in it, and is considered top tier. Stop what you're doing. They're going to report on his every move type situation. I have yet to see, unless somebody could tell me what other pop star rapper has been in it that long and they still care like he's a brand new artist. Mm. Like, it's just unheard of. I, I And the fact that he's, again, when I say top tier, I'm like, they report on everything he's doing, like like he's Michael Jackson or something. You know, back in the day, yeah. Michael wouldn't even have no albums out. But he still was at the top. Oh, he was in the chamber this week, or he, you know what I mean? It was like they just cannot stay off his nuts. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like everything he did was top news. Uh, to me, that's how they treat Kanye. Yeah, they, foolishness they, or not, it's still like yeah. he's still at the top of this fucking thing. He sh- he should be washed up. At this point, most rappers do not make it to this level, mm-hmm. let alone pop stars. And even the ones that I damn near dedicate half of my life to 20 years in the game, mm-hmm. their albums, they was dropping albums. Well, let's be keeping a buck. Them albums wasn't being mentioned. Like this guy seems, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's just a different, unless you was Michael Jackson was the only person that that was getting that type of media penetration and attention. It just seems mm-hmm. weird that his, his affiliation with, with with Kim that even right brings that up another notch or whatever. So yeah, yeah, it's just whatever it is. But I'm, I, it's amazing when I look at it. I'm like, man, I love late registration and all that. I I and it's, it blows my mind that even all these years later, they act like he just came out. Right. Like he really got. So I, I, it would be interesting to see in t- another 20 years how people could will, could look back at him. And I would not. Again, I'm not pumping him up, but I'm just going logically. I could see them 
the narrative had changed about him where he is well he would be seen as one of the biggest i almost hate to say it, like he will be seen as one of the biggest artists you know period like they'll be like he's had 30 albums and there's going to be someone who's going to jump up and say that album was the dopest one. Oh no, that remember when he came out with that album, everyone thought he was crazy, but that album is my life now. And then, you know, <laughs> I, I could see that. I could see it because his albums be drastically different, mm-hmm. whether they worked at the time or not. You, I have to give him props. Like he's making artist moves. Like why don't he make music like that no more? Well, he's on his artist shit, I guess. And maybe you don't get it. You know what I mean? It's the same excuses that we run for other people. You know, oh, I didn't yeah, like that I album. Want, you know what I mean? I, so want I, don't that, know. I want I want that type of notoriety for Kate for K Dot. But you know, he's a private person, but I, right. I find his I find his um artistry to be up there as well. The, yeah, the, well, yeah, there's there's you know, I would say the same like Rock Him. Like there, of course, oh, you rock him, dudes that, that are dope, but he didn't have the commercial. It's just he's on a different, a different type of artistic thing. He's just, underground. Do you still consider you know he's underground, known? Yes, but yeah, not that commercialness as like Will Smith or something like that. Who, you know, that was safe rap then. Mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. you had rock him out. That's real. That's hardcore. At least it was then. And, you know, they sweep those people and un- sweep them under the rug when they were the culture. Right. They had the lyricism. They walked the walk. They were in the streets. So yeah. Yeah. that's just the dynamic of when the commercialism crosses and sort of. Um, and the marketability. It it's, makes it make yeah. it for palatable if you will it's it's easier to market and i say these guys out of love it's easier to market a mace (laughs) or or a a puff p p P diddy (laughs) then it would be easier to market a rock him it just you know because they don't want to for them like how are they going to monetize it how are they going to make money off of it and you know in different neighborhoods, they'll blast your music, but they're not necessarily going to be in your in your neighborhood. Mm. So mm-hmm. that's that's a different topic altogether. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you've seen the commercial for the upcoming halftime show. I'm I have so it. Looking yeah. forward. Oh, you have you have to see it. Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kendrick Lamar. Mary J. Blige. West Coast is going to be lit. Oh yeah, in a yeah. Couple of weeks. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's probably the biggest see. thing coming. I would imagine in terms of music, like you know, anticipation is heavy for this. Oh yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I have no Obviously. dog in the race for the Super Bowl or you know, halftime show. I am going to be watching that. Yeah, for sure. I might put some chucks on. <laughs> I, I bring my chucks out. Hilarious. Hilarious. I could go all we could talk all day about those guys because I'm yeah. a big fan 
of what they've spawned that time frame musically. Oh, yeah, yeah, West Coast. Ridiculous. I definitely resonate with that. I have to thank um person I was seeing at the time, um Theo Mizuhara. He, you know, was from the West Coast and that's how I sort of blossomed into that world and, and okay. learning about, you know, Tupac and Easy E mm. and mm. Cube and Nate Dog. Like a whole different world altogether. So happy that, you know, they're going to get their time to, to give a really great Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it, it definitely would be exciting. Uh, I, I, of course, watching that's a must watch. Um, it's almost like they should just like sell just that. Like, you want to, because I don't watch, I don't even have, well, I guess I do have, I could watch the regular game on, because it come on regular TV, I'd imagine. But I would oh, yeah. I, be, I wouldn't be mind on, paying. Regular. Okay, I was like, if they just say, "Hey, for for ten dollars, you can just watch outright the watch the Super Bowl and own it. You can just rewatch it. I'd pay for that." Like, okay, I was like, "That's yeah. that'd be a pay per view." <laughs> oh, Pepsi! You know, I got to give it to Pepsi throughout the years. Um, that commercial, that ad, was stellar. It's up there up. with. It's hmm. up there with. <clears throat> Michael Jackson has got to bring it back to him. Wow. His Pepsi commercial. Wow. Um, yeah. That's it another thing. That thing. The the Pepsi <laughs> the Pepsi commercials were fascinating. Like you want, I was I I'm gonna watch TV just so I can videotape that this commercials. I gotta catch it. Like mm-hmm. the commercial was just yeah. It was just like real. I was like. The one, uh, and that's why Alfonso, Alfonso yeah, he will always mm-hmm. get some level of pass and respect because he yeah. was in the commercial with Michael Jackson. Like, God yep. damn. Yep. You know, breaking board be damned. <laughs> <laughs> My man was getting his hustle. He said, I got the Alfonso breaking board. Mm-hmm. Man, we wanted one of those so bad. <laughs> did, yeah. you, did your mom let you order one? <laughs> but she just gave me some cardboard and said, "Make do with that." Ah, <laughs> uh, um, listen, oh, yeah. man. Some of you younger listeners, if you don't know what I'm talking about, that's how that's how big breaking and hip hop was. They had people walking around with goddamn pieces of cardboard, so you could be doing dance battles outside. Outside, we was at the shopping mall. Cats was bringing cardboard to the shopping mall, so we can be inside and start again. We (laughs) wanted to be rock steady in them, so we. It's just, just, it's just crazy. You know, I mean, that's wild. That's how deep we was, man. Like, that's how profound the music was. And then you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going left center here with with my, you know, music theater stuff. Then you had fame. Yes. Just start running out and dancing on taxi cab. <laughs> <laughs> Five, six, seven, yes. eight. You know? That's right. So, yeah. That was yeah. a big, yeah, fame. Big. Yeah, it was, it was a big deal. Leroy. Leroy Man, in his gray sweatpants. <laughs> Leroy was giving Leroy it all the time. early. Yeah, he was early. He was early with it. Mm-hmm. Of yeah, course. Definitely. And now you got me remember. Of course, uh, I think you mentioned earlier Flash Dance. 
Oh, that was my movie. She's in something now. Jennifer Bales. There's Jennifer some, Bales. She's been in a some show that's on right now that she's on. Oh, she's on the Star Wars thing. That's what I was bugging about. She plays in the book of Jabba, or not the book of Boba Fett. Oh, and okay. She looks gorgeous. I was like, I was looking at that. I was like, is that Jennifer? Bale? She definitely like, kept herself up. I gotta like touch on that for a moment. Yeah, like yeah. Last Stand. Oh. That was like the. That was going to be my ultimate lifestyle. I was going to live in a loft <laughs> <laughs> with a dog. Have my shirt on with my shoulders out. <laughs> I was going to be a, a high-end restaurant playing footsies on the yeah. table. I had it all planned out. Like, she <laughs> did her thing. Yes, she did. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. What was that maniac? Maniac, oh, yeah. Man. With uh, Michael, <sighs> Michael McDonald. <laughs> yes, no, it yes. Was, was it Michael McDonald? I think it was... I think let to look it up. That that video yeah. was damn. I, I'm saying this respectfully. That and, and for me at that age, that was damn near porn. <laughs> like she was just something else, man. I was like, oh my god! I used to watch that over. I was, oh, I was like, oh my god! Because there wasn't no twerking and booty videos no, and nothing. Just, that was, was just, just the dance. World of, of of dancers and yeah. light strippers or right. not even burlesque but just that world and and for me living in New York 42nd Street was speedy ah uh, so you was right <laughs> there man My, when <sighs> I was a little girl and we you know we would go to 42nd Street to watch movies mm. so there was an area where it was nothing but all you see is XXX across the matinee mm-hmm. we had the nudie theaters then you had Kung Fu. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then there was the regular theaters to watch movies. And then there were, you walk down the street and there's peep shows and 25 cent moves and VCRs of, of Peaches Bubbles. <laughs> Peaches does bubbles with her mouth, whatever she's doing. <laughs> It was a different and time. Spanish fly. And I'm like, mommy, what's Spanish fly? She's like, Get your ass over here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so man. it's like I'm looking at all this stuff, you know, I'm a young mind. And mm. it was just the time. It was it was crazy. Yeah. So flash dance sort of was like a clean glimpse of mm. mm-hmm. dancer life. Mm-hmm. You know, women who, you know, danced in speedy places. So, yeah. And, and Michael Cimbello. Cimbello was the guy who sang that song. Oh, I, might, I always have Michael McDonald on my yeah, mind. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, that, God, what such a, yeah, that was, a, <clears throat> like I said earlier, there were, there were just movies that would be so influential. And that was one of them, man. Like you said, that, that everyone wanted to dress like that. You know, mm-hmm. the, the leg warmers. Remember the leg yep. warmer? Don't rock my leg warmers. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That was the look. Oh, my God. It's just making me just think and back. Just, and, and just her, she was a welder. Like, how freaking awesome is that? By day, you're a welder. Mm-hmm. And at night, you know, you make it rain. She was getting it in. Yes, <laughs> she, she was dropping it, making it hot. Hustling, hustling, hustling. So it was, it was an interesting 
dynamic. Wow. That was a great concept for that movie. You I know? just remember the when she pulls the pulls the thing in the water and she's just yeah. like on the yeah. chair. That is so iconic, man. Like, ah. like that is a, now that in my is mind easy. watching that now I don't that that, that symbolism <laughs> may ring a little different now as I look at that. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, now, I didn't pick that up when I was a kid. It just literally just hit me right now. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe that's what that was about. But but it works. I was like, God damn, I yeah, didn't even know why that know. worked. But yeah, okay. Yeah, but I just just that that whole movie and the law. Yes. I'm gonna bring it back to Janet Jackson. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. The influence that of it. Yeah. Scene, those raw spaces, yeah. and it was just iconic then in videos and and films. People, you know, as you say that, I remember people, and you you brought it up, people were living like that. I remember one of my mom's friends, we went to dinner. They lived in downtown Seattle, and they lived, it was an old, like, abandoned warehouse building or something, mm-hmm. and they made, that was where they lived. It was just, it looked, you know, it was just a big, long loft, you know, yep. it was like a warehouse, but they had their shit in there, and I remember like, wow, this is so cool. It was like I was like, this is what I've seen on TV, like the flash dance thing. And mm-hmm. I remember my mom was like, Oh, you're gonna really like the and I've and you know what's funny? To this day, that kind of still sits in the back of my mind. I want something like that. Same. <laughs> and the funny thing here in New York, uh, especially the area called the village, when you you know, whenever you decide to come to New York, definitely take you on a tour of these these places to see. But back then uh, 80s and 90s, these were raw spaces that were used for artists and painters because they would, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. do their work there, live there. And after a while, you know, they get a, get wind of these huge spaces that are like dirt cheap. And then finally, the artists were ran out of there. And, mm-hmm, yeah. you know, now they're <laughs> different properties and and so much money now you cannot get a loft now for a good, right. good price yeah yeah that was a, it's now hot you know hot commodity now to have that sort of uh space yeah 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 flat yeah and in, in carnegie hall which is you know i'm sure you've heard of carnegie hall mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there was a woman she, i think she must have passed on now she had this vast amount of space. Up until the 2000s, she was paying $500 a month for that space. Wow, that's a steal. Prime hmm. real estate. So all of that is yesteryear, but part of me in my heart of hearts, like I love, I grew up in a brownstone. Wow. love brownstones. It's either brownstone or loft those are like my ideal see, that's uh, that's the type of stuff i grew up wanting to you know see and experience uh this that um, do they have yeah. brown schools in seattle no nothing's nothing like that here wow. not, not at all not at all this oh, is this is more things in harlem yeah it, it, even to this day i live in a in a you know in a more city downtown sort of atmosphere mm-hmm. because in my subconscious mind, I always wanted to live 
in the thing that you're describing. And this is sort of the closest that I can get to that, you know, without it being like super uh, restrictive, you know, financially. <clears throat> right, right. But, you know, so I like, so I, yeah, I can walk outside and walk down the sidewalk and there's, you know, tall buildings and some shops and things of that mm -hmm. nature. That's mm -hmm. just something I've always wanted. Uh, and I'm a kid that grew up in a home, you know, on a block with the grass and mm -hmm. the backyard. But I always wanted that sort of city environment. And that's why I think I'm so enamored with New York because uh, I would just, as a kid, I just would always see this imagery. And I was like, oh, I want to, there's just something about it. I just feel like I'm supposed to be, you know, the one thing, <laughs> it's kind of funny where I get it to, uh, the, the King Kong movie. That, <laughs> that's going to sound funny. <laughs> the King Kong movie from the one that had Jeff Bridges. Uh-huh. Uh, what was that lady's name? That was, ah, oh, she was so gorgeous in that movie. I can't, that, uh, I'll look that's it up. I don't know her name. But that name. movie, there is a scene after they brought King Kong back to New York and he broke loose. Uh, the Jeff Bridges character and the girl, they're, you know, they run off or whatever and they're in New York and they go to this bar and the bar is like you had to go down the stairs into it. And then when they're sitting in the bar, you know, the city's almost kind of cleared out. But they're mm -hmm. in the bar drinking. And you can see the windows and it's dark. And you can see the train track, subway train thing over it. But there's a street underneath it. And it's mm -hmm. just the lights. And it was wet. And there's just something about that. To this day, I want to go to that place. Like, to me, that's New York in my mind. Like, you, you be outside. It's dark. The train yep. thing is over you. You just can walk for miles, whichever direction. Maybe yeah, go yeah. in someplace, get a drink or something, and just walking around. I, that's why, to me, that that's what I want. I was like, ah. But I remember it's from 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 that <laughs> seeing that movie, that King Kong movie. Always as in my funny mind. as it sounds, you know, no no one can take away from you the things that that resonate in your life. Wow, there's something that that you connected with. And that's how I feel about Paris. Like Interesting. something about Paris mm -hmm. that my 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 soul is there. I can see that in you as well. Love it's Brooklyn. Something about it. But mm -hmm. something about Paris that that's it. But my wallet cannot afford Paris. <laughs> 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 Not to live there. Right. Uh, so I'll, I'll I'll be back there for sure. Yeah. yeah. That I attribute to Josephine Baker and and mm. Prince, of course, under the cherry moon. Okay. So, yep. Yep. My bucket list I got to get to to Nice one of these days for sure. Yeah, that almost that's that to me that's like a whole other planet, and it shouldn't seem like that to me, but it does. It's just like wow, that would be. It's absolutely beautiful. Now you've been there before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Went to went to Paris. Um, for the first time in 2017. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. actually, maybe I've seen some pictures. I think you may have. Yeah, went to Versailles. I, I I kissed myself on the steps of Versailles. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Got that done. I was like, oh, okay, we on the steps. All right. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Oh, uh, it was definitely life changing. And then the Eiffel Tower. Hmm. Uh, I guess what people feel about the Statue of Liberty is how I feel about the Eiffel Tower. Mm. Um, 
just beautiful. So my another two trips I like to take is back to Paris and then to Nairobi, Kenya to go to Giraffe Manor. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, those are those are those are the things. But you know, but there's are things that's funny how when we're children and they stay with us. So mm-hmm. you can't ignore those things. They they they're there for a reason. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm so cognizant of that now for my kids. Yeah, I don't take, I don't take any of these things for granted because I'm like, this thing they they may actually remember this for the rest of their life. Like whatever it is that we're doing, or sometimes we'll watch something and I'm like. I may think this is kind of silly or something, but no, I got to remember they in. are taking this very seriously. <laughs> like this is shaping. You, you are kinda, shaping their memory. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. even with your, with your little girl, you, she's going to grow up and she's going to oh, go, man. I remember my dad yeah. would, would show me this or take me here or we make mm. cookies or whatever. She's going to remember those things. It's so important just the, the mm. time, but there's going to be those, <laughs> little things, whether it's the weather that's outside, if it's snowing, if right. it was raining, if it was sunny, mm-hmm. and there's something that's going to click, and it's just going to stay there. Yeah, yeah, beautiful yeah, it, thing. That's uh, I'm gonna go too deep into that, but my other kids are old enough now to sort of we can have the conversation of something like this, like, and they'll, they'll sometimes share with me like there was some little thing, and it has such an effect on them. And it's interesting to be able to talk to your kids about that. Like, it was just fascinating to me because I was like, wow, I didn't even, I don't remember it like that. Or I just had no idea what it meant that. But I can, but now it's to to hear him, like my son, to hear him articulate things to me. And he was Mm -hmm. like, dad, remember when we da 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 da? And I'm like, oh, you remember that? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, so that's kind of why you like such and such now. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I get it. Like, I'm like, okay, wow. Stuff it's is important. very important. <laughs> like, yeah, it's important. Mm-hmm. And and when and when they're young, it's like they're a sponge. Like I remember things from when I was two years old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. remember the very first dream that I had. Oh. Wow. And it was well, it actually was a nightmare because it was Wolfman Jack head floating into Wolf space. Wolfman Jack. <laughs> yeah, there was something about his voice that scared. The crap out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the very first dream that I had. His head was floating in the stars coming at me. Wow. And I was done for. <laughs> That's hilarious. Wolfman Jack. Yeah. yeah. So okay. mm-hmm. the, the, our brains and our minds are impressionable. They soak up <clears> in <throat> good memories. Yeah. Bad. I'm not going to get into that but you 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 get the scope of it of it all no absolutely um you know i said earlier you were a universal person uh and and one of the things i meant by that and, and it's a great memory uh and i always mention this every time we talk but uh paisley park you know my yeah. my, my first time coming <laughs> to paisley park uh, we're a little past the anniversary of that a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the 21st of January. <clears throat> and uh, the piano on the mic. Mm-hmm. And I came to the second show. So you had already seen the first show. Mm-hmm. And I remember me and, you know, me and Tobias, both, this is both our first times, lifelong Prince fans, we always talked about it. 
we finally got there. Couldn't believe we got there. Like just when we drove down the street and saw the building, we damn near lost it. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was, that's oh, a that I remember that yeah, feeling. Like, big deal. It's like, oh my yeah. God, this is, it's real. <laughs> and we're about to go in there. I was like, ah, and just, uh, I remember we, the, the previous show was still going. So they had us parked across the street at the little daycare thing or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they told us to come on and pull in. So we were walking up and I'm just like, I'm in another headspace because I just can't believe it. And the first, you right at that door. I can't remember <laughs> if you was inside or just outside the door or in no, the door. I was, I was inside because I just walked out from the, I just walked out and I was standing in the little atrium there, which is now like the merch area, mm-hmm. just before the door. And you walking in, welcome home, Mr. Dean. <laughs> Man, uh, uh, you made it. <laughs> I was like, I will always remember that of you. Like, oh. it's just so imprinted on my mind. And yeah, and I think that was just, the first time I, I. That was the first time we met. I, yes. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew who you were of all the years. You know, yeah. That it was just the first like, time and I was just you. like. It's just, I don't know. It's just other than it would have been like Prince himself <laughs> or like, you know, I don't know, somebody from his band or something. It was the best. That was the best way for me to walk into that. Aww. Like, and it's just so like, ah, I always remember, like I said, I always remember. It just was like, and you, just what you said, you know, welcome here, welcome home. It, it, it made me feel like, it, it snapped me back to because I was just so like blown away when I felt like, wow, I'm supposed to be here. Like, you know what Absolutely. I mean? Like, it's inviting Absolutely. and stuff. It's just uh, yeah. For, for what you've done in the in the purple community and and the audience that you've built up, absolutely belong there. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was incredible. I was just such a, and then just you know, of course, the show was. <clears throat> it was it was it was. Uh, it was uh, overwhelming. Uh, I guess that's all I could say. It's just yeah, definitely, definitely. I I remember posting something a couple of years back. I don't know if it was twenty eleven or something. And I was like, I don't know about you guys. I'm ready. I'm ready for stripped down piano show. Just print. Mm. Here we go. Years later, it happened. So that was. A dream come true, but also something very um, otherworldly about that show. It was just something, just the stomp, just the somberness and the rawness of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, especially just walking into there <coughs> and hearing the music um, from Memoirs of Acacia, the song Confluence. It was an interest. It was a different sort of feeling. We're walking in there, DJ music playing. It was just very calm, serene. Um, I'll never forget it. And I still think I've listened to it maybe once or twice, just a little 
shows that's going around, but I can't listen to it from beginning to end. I do hope that it gets released at some point through the estate mm-hmm. as a complete package. Because for me, I know that he did. I know the final show was in Atlanta. I didn't attend that show, but for most of us, that was his last performance in his home. So it deserves yeah. a special treatment. If they want to incorporate, you know, the rest of the final shows, that's fine. But that to me is the the pinnacle and, and of of that experience. Yeah. Yeah. They that you're absolutely right. Um, I haven't listened to it. I can't in its entirety at all either. Maybe I've heard mm-hmm. maybe ten, fifteen minutes at best. Mm-hmm. Uh, I refuse to listen to it unless it's released in the, the most respectful way. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and, you know, listening to you talk about it like this. Yeah, this, we've had some great special editions and all that. Th- that This one needs to be the special, special edition. I, I frankly don't care how much they charge for it. I don't either uh, because I, I would oh. hope, I would hope that it is a combination of, um, it should be the, the video, news, video, the audio, video, the show, yeah, all of video, it. Video, audio, all of it together. Yeah. yeah. And, and also, you know, maybe even a, a little um, very well done spread of the preparation leading mm-hmm. up to mm-hmm. piano and a microphone. Yeah. It, it, we, it should have. We remember, look, look how things work out. At least I, I think too much sometimes, but. Prince was supposed to be prior to in December at the the at the Garnier in Paris because I was thinking about going to that show. Man, my birthday's coming up. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm looking at it. I'm like, wow, this is gorgeous. Imagine seeing Prince in Paris. Blah blah blah. My point to that is that horrible tragedy happened at the Bataclan, and this is why they now retrofitted this event to happen now at Paisley Park. Otherwise, we wouldn't have got this portion of the show possibly. Hmm. Wow. So it worked out, not worked out. I don't know. It, it came together to where people here in the state could see them, you know, those mm-hmm. last shows. <clears throat> um, yeah. Yeah, because I think he went to Australia. He did get to Australia last time. And because the terrorist thing happened there, decided to do it here in Minneapolis. So it definitely needs to be show all of them laying the carpet at Paisley, the pillows, whole setup. Mm-hmm. Make that a real nice coffee table book, a whole package. Yeah. For that, um, Paisley Park show would really be special. The only thing I will mention that I did here, which just brought me so much joy because I couldn't believe it. And if anybody knows me, they know I love Charlie Brown and I love me some dirty mind. <laughs> so when I heard Prince play Dirty Mind and Peanuts theme, I lost it. <laughs> that was 
spectacular. And I wish that, yeah, I mean, that has to be released in its, in its proper form. And, and, and shout out to um, Scotty Baldwin, who mm. did the sound for that, because it was... Yeah, and he needs to be involved in that. and Oh, yeah, and just putting know, that together. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, that... That... Uh, <clears throat> that performance... And just that whole time is like one of the reasons why you, you know, if you see somebody, <clears throat> you got to tell them you love them. <laughs> like if that's what, you know what I mean? Like, because you yeah. never know you're going to get another opportunity. And that's just, to me, that incumbent, that whole situation is the, is that you can't waste no time because it could yeah. be the last time or it could just you know what I mean just so many things that you don't anticipate could happen mm-hmm. and but you have the opportunity and there was a lot of opportunities in this whole situation for what you know, for whatever that opportunities are mm-hmm. and we, you know you can put that opportunity off <clears throat> you're not going to get another chance at it you never know and just to me mm-hmm. that whole thing just proved like you don't never know how something could turn out. So if you got the opportunity, take it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, you know, we were spoiled. I've seen Prince well over a hundred times and I would never, ever think that January 21st would be the last show. Right. Yeah. I, you know, this Paisley Park has undergone renovations. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, museum is being set up. Like, or maybe he's setting up for, all right, y'all come to me now, which I wouldn't hesitate, you know. So thought you had time and you had all this <clears throat> moments and opportunities to him host you in his home, his mm-hmm. studio, travel to go to concert. And he was just always always had output, always working. But I guess in, in this, I kind of wish he would have just stopped to take care of himself. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, opportunities. But, yep. uh, you know. But, uh, you know, he, um, he, sure did, I'm sure he didn't want to disappoint you know, fans and kept going and kept moving and kept working. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's a whole. Yeah, you could, yeah. And, yeah, and, we don't want to go down, go down, <laughs> go down that route. But right. you know what? We were we we're blessed. We we're blessed. We we're blessed. We we're blessed. We have this music, and Absolutely. I just hold dear in in my how I hold up my end of the bargain is. I remember hearing him say, and during our live show, you know, y'all come down to Paisley Park, you, you take care of it. Mm-hmm. So my holding up my bargain is making sure continue to go to Paisley Park and support. And I encourage everybody, go out there, take a trip, take your family. The really, I find it to be peaceful there. Even him not there, mm-hmm. there's something about it <clears throat> that when I'm there, 
I forget about time. I forget about whatever else is going on because it feels like I'm home. My, Minneapolis is my second home. I've like traveled back <laughs> and forth over the years here, you know, since my, you know, late, late teens, early 20s. So I've been doing this my whole life. Wow. <clears throat> so, and many others. I'm sure there's others who mm-hmm. their concert count is much, is much more. And Oh, you be at some concerts. Un- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, un- un- unlike, unlike Michael Jackson, and this is nothing disparaging to him, he had his way of reaching out to fans, but Friends was like, y'all, y'all come on down to Paisley Park and gonna do a show. Like that in itself is the connection um that we all miss. You know, it's not like, oh, so and so this prolific person passed, all right, okay, fine, you move on from it. It's not that for many of us. You know? He was he felt like family. And yeah, that was the difference. Yeah. Even now, you know, I wonder. I always have these thoughts in my head, like the quant, the quant, the quantum realm, if you will. <laughs> I go, man, you know, what would Prince? What would Prince do now? You know, with everything with this pandemic, you know, maybe mm-hmm. we could get virtual shows. You know, or who knows? Yeah, it's. You know, I I always wonder. And maybe the newer uh, artists or people will take this even more into consideration. But I always wonder if people like Prince, Michael, if they really got how strong um, their energy was in terms of pulling people together and the magnitude of what they really meant to people aside from them being, you know, superstars and I have fans, you know, people going crazy at a show. I wonder if they really understood, like, like looking at how the Prince community is now Mm -hmm. and how it's always been really, but it is so, I mean, we are so connected. I mean, even just having this conversation, Mm -hmm. we are so like, uh, I think, I think, I can't speak for Michael. I think yeah. Prince might have to have known because you've seen many of the same faces. You're getting to know somewhat the people who are coming to your shows and who are right. walking through the doors of your home, especially during celebration. I think he knew. I think he knew how much he was loved. Well, it's and not. He, it's not about. Yeah, I'm not even speaking of how much they're loved. I'm like, you know, in terms like the power the, of, of what they brought. Yeah, yeah. like what, yeah. like what, you know, we uh, were originally going to talk about the the Purple Rain club a clubhouse quake thing. Like the level <clears throat> of uh, people putting in all of this work towards something that spawns from Prince. Uh, the, the 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 spirit of excellence in and time being put into uh, you know preservation of information about Prince you know the mm-hmm. the the websites that are extensive you know detail oriented the books and just the the conversations I almost I wonder though that you realize like is actually 
kind of bigger than me almost. You know what I mean? Like, because mm-hmm. I mean, he's not here right now and is full on right now. Like, there's scholarly debate conversations. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I wonder if he realized, like, wow, this thing is, you know, people, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's one thing to say, yeah, they love me. But it's another thing to realize, like, man, there are people dedicating their lives to the preservation, to the and the preservation. of this work <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, and they're being motivated to do things. And whether I have anything to do with it or not, they are doing some fab, you know, I, wow. I, I just wonder if artists really, I don't know. I don't know if there's been a time where an artist could reflect like that to be able to understand that this has kind of grown into something way bigger. I don't know if an artist should even think like that. I mean, I think they should. I mean, Prince's work could definitely be taught in in college curriculum. You know, look at at the the fantastic symposiums that D'Angelo Duff has put Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. or... The, the podcast or print.vault or the website, the groups, everything has circled back to the work and the music. Uh, so <laughs> it's definitely bigger now. And I hope wherever Prince is, he's probably like, oh, y'all get it now. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, I hope. I hope that's the thing and it all we're all connected by these fibers and this whole purple world and it's great because you know we've been keeping up with this from our childhood now we're we're, we're grown adults mm-hmm. and still learning and still have that sense of wonder and want to explore more and it's yeah. a beautiful thing, really. Um, it's a special, a special thing. Like Prince was our, our black Mozart, who could delve into all these genres, and then to have the people who are your fans grow up and become successful in their own right and do all these great things. Yeah, that shows the influence. You got people married and. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's just some, so many some, deep. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like it goes, it goes to so deeper levels. Like it's like people are in relationships, and you've probably got kids that were spawned because of the parents' love, shared love of this thing, brought them together, and mm-hmm. it's just like it's incredible. Like sort <clears> of <throat> um, like a prerequisite must be a Prince fan. <laughs> <laughs> Some things, yeah, like it's a certain shared, just like any other sort of cultural thing, like, oh, you, you're into, you know, hip hop or something, well, you must, you know, I only deal with people that can respect black this or, 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 or a political thing, people decide mm-hmm. life's choices and stuff. And Prince is one of those types of things where that's a decide, you know, it's a certain mindset, almost, where it's like, oh, you're a Prince fan. Mm-hmm. Off the top, that means something. Yeah. And, and I and I agree with that. You know what I mean? It, it's a certain vibe, like you say. You can go to a Prince show, and you know there's gonna be a it's a certain vibe. You know, there's not gonna be fighting. 
No, that's you know what I mean. It's not what. Yeah, it's not about yeah, that. Thank goodness, we've <clears throat> never been to any sort of arena. No shooting. Nothing. Always peaceful. Always love. Man. Even at, after the after party, Prince is right in front of us. He never ever has to worry about his safety. You know, with the exception of that girl, old girl that ran up there without <laughs> no with no draws on and jumped on. <laughs> Maybe a little overzealous with the love. Yeah, <laughs> we won't. We won't. We don't count her. You know, not one of us. But you know, other than that, you know, even at Paisley Park, you walk up and down, and he knows that. Yeah, he's the okay. respect. Yes, yeah, the respect so. is off the top, and the mm-hmm. expectation that you better respect this when you come in here. That's you know, there's the security, and then there's the the security fans. That's not right. going to go for no foolish. <laughs> not in here. Not in here. Yeah. No. You're going to get bald. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's a so. beautiful, special thing, you know. Uh, yeah, it's 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 very interesting. And, and we're in a phase yeah. now of we're in the after Prince was alive era. You know, the oh, sort of the immediately like, after he's passed era, it hasn't transitioned to the, you know, sort of the after after that part. I'm not I'm curious what it's going to be. And I guess we can look at other people who have passed and see how their thing has sort of changed. Like I would look at like a Jimi Hendrix mm, and stuff. Yeah, he's, he's someone for me like I've never seen <laughs> Jimi Hendrix. Uh but I am a fan of his work. I got yeah. into Jimmy in the early '90s. Okay. Yep. And, and so that and that's way after he passed. You know, way, that was a different era. Was, but of the resurgence, was, and then the younger generation discovers mm-hmm. it, and yep. everything was in place for us to to learn about it mm-hmm. and to be introduced. You know, for me, Jimi Hendrix is very interesting because, like you, what you know, I had heard of it. But I never took the time until later. But I know that he was from my area. You know, he's a Seattle guy, right? Yeah. And it and it was in the late nineties, two thousands, I met a gentleman, Sammy Drain, who he would kind of have been like Jimmy's Andre Simone. Wow, okay. He would they was boys, <clears throat> grew up together. They both play guitar. They look very similar, kind of. <laughs> and then at a certain point, Jimmy becomes a star and leaves, you know. Mm-hmm. But Sammy, was he still remembered Sammy. And so Sammy took on the thing where, you know, of course the estates and all of that, they control Jimmy Hendrix, what you see. But I was the one, I was there with him. So I'm going to take it upon myself to create a museum, create mm-hmm. sort of a, my love for him in my garage and I'm going to go back here, go back out and start doing music again. Like we used to do it mm-hmm. and I'm going to ride for, for Jimmy. If anyone decides to listen to me and I had heard of him because he was always performing in the town at the, you know, some of the local spots and somehow me and him clicked and I was in a position to help him with his music stuff. And I was the younger brother. And it's, oh, you can take care of this for me. And, and so he was just showing me 
like all the stuff. He's like, come over and let me. And he would have the books and the photo books and the news clippings. He's like, yo, let me. Yeah, yeah, that's. And he was, and I, and I, and I recognized what he was. I recognized what he was doing. At first, I just was like, oh, this is just some older cat, you know. Yeah, I I think what he's doing is cool, but I don't really understand it. But then when I Mm -hmm. caught on to what it was, I was like, yo, he's trying to show me the game like from the other side of the the superstar cat like mm-hmm. and really kind of show yeah this not, you're not going to see this in the mainstream you're not going to promote this side of it they don't have these stories and i was really just soaking it up and and he was trying to create uh get some money and funding to really put a thing together for jimmy <clears throat> and um he ended up passing away a few years ago mm-hmm. uh but I always remember Sammy Drain, like I have things that me and him did or he would give me recordings or videos of things to do um, and pictures and stuff. And I just remember like, wow, I could only imagine if someone came across a guy that was to Prince that was like this. And the closest thing I can think of, like I said, he would be like a Andre Simone. He didn't have the success of it, but he was the guy. He was the yeah, one that was yeah. there and he was trying to do his best to respect and put his name, Jimmy's name out there and, and show the other side. And like I said, I was saying all that in the context of that was many years after he passed. Um, but there were people doing the thing and how I was able to understand. I, I had, a, I, I got a respect for Jimi Hendrix based off of what Sammy drain was talking about and let me see like, no, this wasn't just some superstar that you just hear about from Rolling Stone or something. No, that was your brother. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yo, he was our thing. It's just been co-opted <laughs> to make you think that he ain't got nothing to do with, you know, our culture in a sense, the way you should be thinking about him. And and I say that about Prince is like, I hope that we can, which is great now because the thing was, Jimmy did not have, he did not have, our type of generation who had access to technology and all of this type of stuff where we can become the front line of the narration and the love and everything Mm -hmm. that Sammy was trying to do. We're doing it now on a way bigger level because we've, you know, we have more access to things and we know how to use it and we can make our voice heard. Uh, And that's one of the reasons why I do the podcast the way I do, because I remember what Sammy Drain was doing. And if only more people would have gotten to see that, I think a, 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 a later generation that I would be a part of that was years after could probably have learned a little more earlier about him and learned more stuff about it while these people were alive to give us this information. Yes. You yes. know, and that's the thing, you know, we're in the presence of all the people that was really around Prince for the most part are still here mm-hmm. and we can get the direct narration and stories and the feel from given them. That it, given that it's factual because you know what's going on now. Right. Well, this, yeah, there's this always going to be th- yeah. that part. But the thing is when these people were gone, that's going to be it. It's going to be it. And we won't even be mm-hmm. able to argue the facts. You're just going to get the narration from something else that may not 
even want to talk about those people. So you won't, re- you won't really get the deeper stories to question because it's just going to be the marketable stories, <laughs> which right. is a big difference. <laughs> it's big, just the people that, that they think if I put this person's face, it's going to reach more people because that's what the mainstream audience will look like. And so they may more identify with their story and their story would just could only be half, not even half the story, but will become the story. The story. Correct. Yeah. That's and, a shame. Yeah. You know, just like now, like they're going to well, purple rain us to death. You know, there's so much more. Right. There's so many different things that we can explore. But going back to Jimmy, you know, Jimmy's the architect of this. And there'd be no prints without Jimmy. So I had to do the right. research right. and listen to Jimmy <clears throat> and go to Electric Ladyland and later on finally make it out to London and see where he lived. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. and that was big. I'm like, wow, you know, we had jam sessions in here and imagine what London was in the 1960s. And it was just a great experience to sort of get a glimpse as to what um, it was like. And of course, Jimmy's style was bar none. Uh, and me as a lover of fashion was one of the things is great to see his outfit and so but still mm-hmm. connect to the music mm-hmm. definitely the core of it all and and it's such a I small window that he had too it was so powerful yeah man. very very small small window <clears throat> so that's why the people who are getting into Prince now and they're much younger they have so much to sort of reference and to dig into so it's great but as far as Jimmy goes he wasn't played on the radio much mm-hmm. uh, even black radio that's a whole different conversation is why program directors you know you weren't and I guess because certain artists were not did not fit in a particular genre you know, Jimmy Hendrix right. <clears throat> Kravitz all of these different rockers and even beyond that, like why aren't we hearing them on the radio? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you had to sort of, you know, find out what they're doing and what they're about on your own time, not through, you know, the regular channels. So yeah. interesting. It, that is interesting. Like, and we, we grew up in a time where music was heavily segregated uh, like you said, a, a Lenny Kravitz or even a Prince for that, you know, it, oh, you're doing rock music, like, like, as opposed, like, it's something other than versus today, you know, I almost feel like they just eliminated rock music yep. <laughs> in a sense. Where, so it's not even a conversation of, or what kind of music you're doing. Like you can do any type of music you want, but it's almost like, well, we're just going to even, we're removing that really from the conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like <clears throat> yeah, I mean we would we 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 would tear rock up. And I'm saying in a good way. We when we mm-hmm. when we do I mean we that's our shit, but it's almost mm-hmm. like it's almost like man, it's not marketable enough even for other people to do it because that's you know, what's going to sell more putting a Cardi B 
out here versus whoever the top rock guy may be, mm-hmm. even that's been determined that it's not marketable mm-hmm. enough. It ain't really got nothing to do with the music. It's just like, right. I'll make more money putting this out because I can sell all this other stuff with it. So there's no even re- reason to even promote rock music. <laughs> like, just let it you know, be its it, own little let small it be thing. Its own entity. That's crazy and wild. So that's that's what that's what happens when you have business people who have no idea about music or creativity at the table and not giving that opportunity to artists to really shine in the areas. Rock, you're not gonna do that. Even country. I'm not a country music fan, per se. There's some songs I like, but there are a lot of Black people, older generations, they Mm -hmm. listen to country music because that was what was on the radio. Right. So, just, it's interesting. Even, you know, before Rihanna was Fifi Dobson. They forget about her. Hmm. But because they didn't know what to do with her, you know, she just sort of get at the wayside <clears throat> and it's almost like uh, I almost feel like that's about to be rap yeah it's just like what, there's no point it's not that marketable it, it, it is marketable but it's almost like rather just pull out the personality and just sell that Mm-hmm. It's almost like we don't even need the rap anymore. Even though that became the dominant musical genre. It's almost like that actually is. I could see them positioning that out, and it's almost like uh, again, it doesn't even matter what kind of music you do. Whatever's the thing that's got the attention, you know, um, R and B. Like R&B. doesn't even oh, matter. Like they don't even. There's excellent R and B artists out there. More than ever. But for whatever reason, they're just not like marketable enough to like, they'll, it's almost like they'll never be an, even another Bobby or Usher. And these are the later type of guys, but they won't even have that no more. Maybe the closest, the closest thing I would say would be Bruno, but it almost feels like even that as exceptionally talented and as great as the music is, that's not really enough. <laughs> no. Not Where he's not anymore. even going to be in that position anymore. You know what I mean? Like, the talent is all there and it's, it's all there, but he does not present the personality that I seem like is the more the thing that is for sale. Like, he's not in the scandals. He's not all right. on social media talking crazy. It's not a whole bunch of videos coming out. Mm-hmm. It's just the music. And the music, I feel like, ain't even ain't really enough. enough. <laughs> <laughs> even for a guy enough. like that, who was at the top, and they gave him mm-hmm. Grammy of the Year, deserved it. But now I, I kind of was like, it seemed like he just fades out. When the well, music- he, got, he got black for a moment, too, because of, um, you know, Mark Ronson and just thinking that he was sort of you know, Jack in the time at that particular, <clears throat> you know, moment. But Bruno Mars has always been in the game, you know, since he was a kid. Yeah. I myself am just like, 
awakening to Bruno Mars because again, I wasn't like a fan like that. To me, he mm-hmm. was just like pop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was him, the same way. Yeah, him now merging this project he did with Anderson Pack. I'm like, oh. And then he grew a little mustache, and I was like, oh. <laughs> 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 so you know <clears throat> that that particular project at the moment is just perfect. It might not might not go beyond this album, but it's a formula that's refreshing right now. But no, yeah. it's definitely not enough. And I also forgot to mention um, Terrence Trent Darby, mm-hmm. who is now not a Matreya. They weren't playing him except for sign your name. Right. So when you have artists who sort of are different and unique, there's no place for you really. Yes, and it's another artist I wanted to ask you about. Um sort of in the same frame of what we're going. And let me say you're universal again because uh, it was the other night I'm watching YouTube and I'm in my zone. I'm in my music zone at the moment. You know, I had me a, I had me a little, uh, couple edibles. So I'm vibing okay. some music. <laughs> I'm like in, in my music shit. I love it. And I was watching some clips <clears throat> and then I'll be like, I'll get into a thing like, Oh, I want to hear some live such and such. And I was like, man, let me listen to some live D'Angelo. Let me watch some videos on the big screen. So I put on the North Jazz Fest or something. Uh, yeah, North, North, North Sea Jazz Festival. I'm watching. I've seen some of it before. And I'm watching. I'm like, and I'm, you know, I'm in the space where I'm like, damn, this shit is dope. Like you just, you can just lose yourself in the music and the rhythm and just like, and, you know, D'Angelo likes to jam, so you can really just kind of sit in the groove. And I was just like, oh, this brother is cold. I'm watching it, and then here come your face. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> I stopped it real quick. Like, I, I was like, is that Tamil? What the heck? I'm like, what is, what's in this shit? I'm, I'm like, damn, this shit is crazy. <laughs> and I rewind it back. And I'm like, ain't this about a bitch? She was at this show. I was like, this can't be like just some rant. Again, because I'm like, I always see her in these funny ways, like at the right time. And I immediately pulled my phone out and I kind of recorded that part. You know, I posted it online and tagged you on it. Um, And I bring all that to say, you know, D'Angelo. Yeah, that's another artist. So like, ugh. Like, like, like one and of these guys a, go, ahead. go ahead sorry for that I got into I mean of course Voodoo that's one of the as I'm concerned greatest it's up there with the greatest that Voodoo that was that came out it sounded like um, a conjuring mm. conjuring of, of the ancestors conjuring of something else that you weren't hearing because again yeah they'll peg you into you know neo soul Mm -hmm. that term but he really just tapped into something else and he'd been out for a moment because you know for me when I thought about D'Angelo and Chico DeBarge (laughs) that's sort of like 
cornrows and braids, hip hop, R and B tip. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. then he just went into something <clears throat> else. So the Voodoo Tour came out the first night, I think it was March. And the first night I was supposed to go, it was canceled because he had a sore throat or something like that. So it was rescheduled, went to the show. Mike, let me tell you, (laughs) two hours plus of a show, concert. And I'm seeing before me pieces of James Brown, Mm -hmm. pieces of print, Mm -hmm. and then himself just evolving as an artist. And that was it for me. I'm like, I'm all in. Whenever D'Angelo comes out to tour, Mm -hmm. I'm there. Uh, So yeah, I went to see the Voodoo tour. And then, of course, we all know he sort of disappeared. Mm-hmm. And fast forward, get Black Messiah coming out. <coughs> and I'm like, I'm there. So it was my first time at the North Sea Jazz Festival. And what I was just blown away by um, by the Netherlands. It's just a beautiful, beautiful place. And that concert was phenomenal absolutely phenomenal and just orderly there's no you sort of like there's different levels and if one artist was performing so before he went on mary j blige was performing Mm. and then you sort of just can walk into different places and see who you want to see that's not tony bennett lady gaga that was fantastic you go back in and get your spot so you know me my my Sister Vonda, we went, and um, and Dr. Patrice Austin, she was there as well. And it was just great. And I had no idea. So at this point, I've gone to, like, I had a few concerts under my belt from the Black Messiah. I felt like I went on a tour, actually. <laughs> That's how many shows I went to. And, and, and shout out to Kendra Foster and Jermaine and Red. Um, and of course, Jesse Johnson, who joined them, just the whole band. Mm-hmm. That was a tight, tight band. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we've seen the show. Of course, at this point, we know, you know the, the, the choreography, you know the whole thing. I had no idea that for the majority of the show, the Jumbotron is <laughs> filming because <laughs> I'm in the front. Mm. And finally, when we're leaving, we're on our way to, to the Metro. Like, oh, you know, people in there ask, oh, we see you on the screen. We see you. And I'm like, I have no idea what they're talking about. I'm like, oh, you know, I smile and wave or whatever. (laughs) And finally, get back home to the States and look on YouTube. Boom. It's there in history forever to watch. So 2015, needless to say, was a fantastic year for, um, you know, just seeing all these shows. Oh, and to bring it back to print. Um, I also went to the show with D'Angelo played at First Avenue. Oh, really? Yeah. That wow. was wall to wall. But here's the kicker. The last minute <clears throat> Prince announces, you know, something that, you know, going mm-hmm. on at Paisley Park and 
believe it was Liv Warfield and a couple other people who were going to be playing, but Prince didn't play. Uh, so just imagine, like, to quote you as a headbuster. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, no, I got D'Angelo's playing. <sighs> then after I leave here, I'm on my way to Paisley Park. It was right. just kismet. It was just fantastic. And, you know, I don't know, of course, there were ramblings or, of course, there was a tweet from you know, Questlove just mentioning, like, hey, you know, you, you, don't, you don't come check us out. You know, we're holding up your legacy. So he was sort of disappointed that Prince didn't come through and, and, and show up uh, for that show. Um, Is that when, and I've heard the story when, when, I don't know if it was the same visit, but they do go to Paisley Park and it's Prince, D'Angelo and Quest and they kind of have their little thing. I uh, know. I don't think that's. I don't oh, think okay. that's anything. As far as, as far as I know, I know that he tweeted shortly afterwards, like, "Where's the love? You know, See, we yeah. we're holding you up, holding you down." I'm like, oh no, I was like thinking at the time, holding up the legacy. He's still alive. <laughs> I, I I will one day I'll interview Questlove, and that's one of the, we're gonna go, we're gonna go into that. <laughs> we're gonna get but, into that time because that time I remember was a lot of. It was a lot of smoke, smoke. for Prince. It was, it was, you know, them them liner notes. Uh, what's my man who wrote that? Uh, the poet guy. I can't think of his name right now. He's the actor, too. He's in the movie Slam. Um, what's his ah, What's that brother's name? He's phenomenal. Ah, you know what I'm talking about? I know who you're talking about, but, you know. Yeah, I know. We, my we brain frog. <laughs> but, you know, I remember when them liner notes came out. And it kind of seemed like they was trying to get at, you know, it was kind of, you know, D'Angelo is the new, you know, he's, you know, you know, the way it was kind of framed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, stop it. Like, y'all don't want to do that. But, you know, I remember that about that time. And I remember when Voodoo came out and some people will argue, I would argue that that album, you know, influences rainbow children you know it's like mm-hmm. i could see prince like oh okay oh y'all okay let me show y'all how <laughs> let me get in the studio <laughs> let me let me let these young boys y'all quit playing I don't know. <laughs> but i love that i love that part because it at keeps, that time it keeps it it keeps the, it keeps the, the music and creativity yeah. fresh yeah. you get that little that sort of friendly competition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's all love, but you're like, all right. I'm like I'm on your neck, bro. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. the young boys and it was great because Prince had been in that position before, you know, when he was coming, you know, Rick James and all that. And he was the young cat coming in, like stomping the door down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other was like, other cats like, Hey man, what the hell you, you know, we let you in. You going to come in and show me, but that's the, Hey, steel sharp and steel you know what i'm saying (laughs) so to see it come around for somebody like prince Mm -hmm. and like everybody it felt like it felt like the industry was like oh this the new what you gonna do now partner and and, you know (laughs) and the thing about it and i was i was i don't have the young lady's name in front of me but uh, one of the people I follow online, they were doing a, it wasn't on Clubhouse, it was Spaces, the Twitter version, but they were doing a Maxwell versus D'Angelo versus, right? Oh, okay. And they played uh, uh, Untitled. Mm-hmm. 
And again, I was I was in my super music zone when I came across it. So I when Untitled came on, it just rocked me. Like I was like, ah, oh. you know, listening to it so many years removed. I was just like, God, this is such a love letter to Prince in the most loveliest of ways. You know what I mean? It's just like, ugh. And I'm listening, and I'm like, gosh. They were so, for them to put that single out and then to have that type of talk going on, I was like, I can imagine Prince looked at that and was like, I'm just speculating. Like, these niggas is trying to really come from my head. Like, they gonna put out a song that wouldn't exist if I didn't exist. Come on now. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I was like, and the fact that it was Raphael Sadiq, and I'm sure Prince is like, I'll put this like, nigga this on. Like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, God, they was really, I mean, to me, I can listen to it, and I'm sure you you can hear that they loved Prince. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like they were like his children almost. Like they came up in the same way when I was saying Janet earlier. It's like she's just so influenced by Michael and Prince. It's just oozing out of her. And the mm -hmm. way that D'Angelo came out, it was oozing out of him to the point where they just literally just did a Prince song. And I was just like, that was so dope of a period. I, I I want people to continue to talk about that period as well because, you know, for me, D'Angelo, I, I, I went to the Brown Sugar show and oh, I wasn't, yeah. you know what, it was, I wasn't a super fan of him. I mean, it was just the first album had been out and it was kind of bubbling and I bought it and I listened to it and right off the gate, I was like, this guy I was like, am I hearing Prince in this? And I was just kind of like, this is an interesting record. And so he came to Seattle. He played a very small place. Incidentally, he played a place Prince ended up playing later, but it was a very small, intimate show. And he would just sit down at the piano and was playing. But when I saw him live, I was like, wow, this guy has to be a Prince fan. Let's look. I, I was like, to me, it just felt like he was doing Prince, you know, audio-wise the way he was singing and mm -hmm. i was like this is ridiculous but i was like wow i was like wow this i'm sorry i was shocked that he was just sitting down and i was like he's not ready yet but i can hear it i was like mm -hmm. he's gonna be a problem it was after i saw that concert then i went back and really jumped into the album hardcore because i could finally understand what he was doing and i was like he has to be a prince fan i just just no way around it and so then later when voodoo finally comes and they drop that i was like he's not only a prince fan but he has to be a hardcore you know he's that hardcore music fan who's also a hardcore prince fan and i was like you can hear it Pepper and Quest love with that. Yeah, and, they, and you could tell they were together, and I, was, yeah, yeah, and I was like, you could hear the little sly things they were doing in the songs and reference. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is ridiculous. So that at that point, I even started thinking, I'm like, man, they tighten, they tightening up on <laughs> like I was like when I used to think of the time and not knowing the connection, I was like, oh, the time is burning prince like they literally on his neck 
not mm-hmm. knowing that was him, but just as a musician listening. So when I heard them, I, I was like, I know Prince ain't playing on this, but I was like, yeah, they're not even trying to be n- nice about it. Like it was just like they got they got his. You know what? To me, D'Angelo had it, he had the feel of it. Yeah, it, it was just a feel to the music that you either got it or you don't. Yeah, and he and had still, it. Yeah. It's still that thing. Yeah, and then when you when you factor in those that that strong church mm-hmm. background, mm-hmm. you put in. Uh, Jesse Johnson, Pino Palladino, background vocalist, Chris Daddy Dave. That's a gumbo. Yeah, that 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 voodoo tour band. Oh, and then now that go was back. just like, let's go further ridiculous. Back. Those those background <clears throat> singers you had um, Anthony Sh- Hamilton Anthony and Hamilton. Shelby J. Yeah, before you even knew what the hell, at least I didn't know who they were but I knew they was badass mm-hmm. but then after where they end up going I was like okay we should have known like that mm-hmm. was the new revolution right there <laughs> like, yeah. it was you know Quest Love and, and, and like I said Pino that that band they, yeah they was awesome to me I would see my thing is when I heard them mm-hmm. I just was like oh and again that's why I knew they were Prince fans. I was like oh these niggas are just literally listening to parade rehearsals or tours or something and they're just doing that that's what it sounded like to me i was like i have to love this because to me this sound like prince 87 or something they, they have to be listening to that there's no way they're not literally mimicking that that's i could just hear it the feel yeah, of the when you, concerts when you, hear, when you hear charade yeah yeah, yeah. all all parade <laughs> yeah yeah is it charade what's the song yeah, charade is blondie, right? I don't know if you ever put charade that together. Charade from Black Messiah to me, it, it just the the rock element to it, mm-hmm. the tempo. It it gives me the feeling of you know parade sessions. Yeah, could be yeah. blondie. That no, means, no, means, I mean literally, if you. I did this on the show years ago. That the way that it's just yeah. that is actually a riff from the song Blondie. Wow. <laughs> like that's how sly and intricate you know they were fans because they were literally just pulling like you would have to be a hardcore fan to even hear that. But it's mm-hmm. literally they pulled that lick from Blondie and then they just they looped it and made a song out of it. That's why I was like, oh, these niggas are really into Prince. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's like, yeah, that's crazy. And if you think about it, it was it came to a point. You know, Prince really didn't have anybody in the game, like in the nineties, that you could say is like competition. You know, he's just going mm. and doing his thing. So now you now you have D'Angelo sort of brewing, and I think it was a it was a good it was a good thing. Yeah, it was it was just like I said, it it was it was his fluent. He got to see his influence in live person. Mm -hmm. It was Mm -hmm. literally kids. I call them kids that was so influenced by him 
and they just wore it on their sleeve. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and, and that's a great thing because then he could look at it and say, I create, you know, this is spawned from me. Like I can see my work. Those are his student. Yeah. I see my mm-hmm. work and they presented, they, and they looked at him that way. They literally was calling him Yoda, right? Like mm-hmm. they looked at him as the Holy grail for what they were doing. And it was like, okay, let's study we're studying under this we want to let him know we love him so much that we're going to literally incorporate his shit all into our stuff and the fact that they were the like i said rafael sadiq <clears throat> quest d'angelo you, you could just see it see his influence on them and they were sort of like coming from that neo soul thing but to me it just showed you well, this is what's really sort of the underpin under yeah. all of that stuff. And it would and it makes sense because he would have been the dominant artist when they were kids. And they probably were raised listening to this music. Mm-hmm. So it would, it would have to it would have to embed itself in everything that they do the same way hip hop embedded itself in everything they did as well, right? So that's what I'm saying. Exactly, when you go exactly. back to those, they were neck and neck with each other rap music and prints and if you came up in those times you couldn't help but be a sponge for all of that so when you do r&b or of course you grew up as a hip-hop kid so that is in you but you also grew up under prince and michael and if you're a musician you really Mm -hmm. grew up under prince and like studied that Mm -hmm. you know and it couldn't help but show. And what and Maxwell, to me, is the same. You can definitely see the influence in Maxwell and, oh, and yeah. what he was doing. And even Prince sort of softened and opened up himself to the idea of rap and hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, he clowned it at first with Bob George. Yeah. Um, you know, he started doing doing it himself. Many people you know, might not have felt it too much, but it all sort of blended together. And even Prince himself, he incorporated people who influenced him. Joni Mitchell, Larry Graham, Fly. Um, So, you know, hopefully he understood that he was doing the same thing for others. He wasn't mm-hmm. gonna let you rock like that. <laughs> he's well, yeah, he's highly competitive. Yeah, he's still very much like, nah, I ain't going nowhere. What are you talking oh, no. about? Like, I'm going in, and yeah, yeah. That's why I said it's a, it's a, it's a good thing. You know, he was still able to battle. When I say battle, I mean like, because you mentioned Joni Mitchell, James Sly, or or Larry Graham. Mm-hmm. The, at the points when they would have linked up with a prince. They wasn't really, they wouldn't be like still putting out stuff to be on the front line. Yeah, no. You know what I mean? Actually, yeah, he brought them back out, if anything. Right. To just but give Prince them was like, them. nah, y'all not putting me back on the front, nigga. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be, you know what I mean? Like, I ain't done. Stop <laughs> playing. Yeah, don't, don't act like I'm not in the game or something, brother. And that's because, so he had that energy. It was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Cute. But I'm still coming. You know, I'm going to come with something, you know, and that's great. And that was a great thing. But only a prince could be in that position because he, he was music. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he, he, wasn't, he wasn't sitting down for nothing. And I love that, too. I wonder if he, no, there's a dumb question, but I'm going to say it anyway. 
Like, I wonder if he ever got into a rut. I don't think so, because he's always thinking about music in that way, always reinventing. That's an Whereas interesting someone question. Whereas wouldn't be able to, like, like, oh, man, I'm in a writing rut right now. I can't, can't you know, get that right. vision going. So. See, I, I could say in my fan opinion, I think there might be times, I don't know if rut would be the word, but less inspired moments mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I could kind of think maybe they just didn't resonate with me mm -hmm. um, I could in my opinion I would say that at times it got me sometimes gotten to sometimes I was like eh this stuff is cool but man you're so much bigger than this mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. stop playing <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> maybe you, just, he, you, know. you know, need some more energy around you or something or uh, yeah or you know he would do 20 remixes of Come On. Mm, mm. I love the song. You know, I guess that's him being inspired in the song. Let me try it this way. Let me try it that way. But as far as like some less inspired project, I'm going to say Purple and Gold. Hilarious. <laughs> and the entire F. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, wow. I said to myself, I wasn't going to speak of that song again. I shall not. <laughs> Purple and gold. Yeah, that's a class. <laughs> but, you know, um, I mean, what may be less inspired to us could be the yeah, thing that got another person into it. Yeah. yeah. So I get it. I get it. Uh, man, wow, we've been on here for a minute. Um, just something else I wanted to... <clears throat> Uh, yeah, unless you got something out, I was, I just drew a blank. What we were talking about, we st we ended up talking about D'Angelo and Bruno, some of the, those guys. Oh, and the concerts you, you went to. Um, let's see. What's the one concert you want to see now? If in, in uh, alive or dead, if you could go to one dream concert, who would that be? Besides Ooh, that's Prince. A, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, Bjork. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, I definitely want to see her live. I, I don't know why it doesn't line up for me to, to get there, but definitely Bjork. I've seen her DJ before. Uh, some little small um, goth rock spot in Brooklyn, but I've never seen her perform. Um, mm. I'm going to check out Silk Sonic in a couple of weeks. That's going right. to be mm -hmm. going to be fun. Um, yeah, and then I have to say it would have been Jimi Hendrix. Okay. So I said two. I said one who's not here <laughs> and one who's, <laughs> and who's, who's still with us. I was trying to think if I wanted, who would I want to see alive or dead? Like, uh, you know, this is going to sound kind of weird, but I would love to see them. <clears throat> I would love to see if the main concert or the main attraction would be Sade. Cause I've never seen her live before. Oh, she's amazing. live. I would love to see her live, but you know who I want to see open up and it could just be, really just one song I really want to hear them sing, but I just think it would be incredible. Mm -hmm. 
opening for Sade? Yeah, this sounds sounds okay. so goofy. No. Uh, Michelle A. <laughs> I just want to hear hear her do something in my heart. <laughs> I tell you, it sound crazy. But I can't. That would be crazy. You, did you have an edible? <laughs> <laughs> no, I told you it's gonna sound crazy. Well, I'm just like. I just, I man, like just hey. the, them two singers. Like I just love female singers. Like they sing. And that song, Something in My Heart, is one of my favorite songs of all time, period, just for whatever reason. I love that. It's I recently saw her singing. Really, it's on, a beautiful song. Yeah. It just would be, it's just so out there, like Michelle A., but I was like, the one song, and just saying, she would come, okay, you got, I mean, I would blow my mind. I was like, what? <laughs> But then she just gonna let you have that in the metaverse. I told y'all. I told y'all. It's crazy. It's my dream. That's my dream show. Oh, yep. You know, that's your dream. (laughs) And then, you know, of course, Sade would come out and just kill it. You know, but uh, yeah, that would be those uh, or other. Or I would love to see, I don't know if the show would be good, but it would be powerful to me. and if, especially in a small club, uh, Tupac. Okay, I could definitely that, understand that. that. He, you definitely had a wide audience. His impact as a person, as an artist, I could mm-hmm. definitely see that. Yeah. Oh, um, definitely, definitely. I could yeah. see it. See, it was just like daddy. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, oh, shit. You remember they did that hologram? That was very weird. Oh, he's he, he standing there, his 90s clothes. That was so weird. That is such. That was Nothing. early, too, like doing something like that. Yeah, and it was very and, strange. So now they have Whitney one now, right. which I think is disrespectful, but. That's my opinion. Sadly, I believe that would be the the future. Yeah, I mean, do, you know, there's a. Uh, you ever seen that singing show where they're presenting themselves as their avatar, and then when they take their after they sing when they're done, then you see who they are. That what it's called. It's a recent show. No, I haven't heard of that. That sounds crazy. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll send it Is that kind of like the hidden singer type of deal or something? But. Yeah, sort of like that. But they're presenting themselves like sort of like if they they build their own avatars. It kind of looks like Japanese mm. anime. Huh. And they're Interesting. presenting as how they would want to feel and look. Mm-hmm. And they sing the song. Judges have no idea of what they look like. And then afterwards, then you see who they are. So I'm like, yeah. when I looked at this, I said, this is where we're heading. Yeah. You know, some Black Mirror stuff. This is where we're heading. Because people are not going to be invest as invested in the person, sadly, because they haven't done, they haven't gone through the journey. They don't know what it's like to wait outside all night for tickets or, right. you know, follow a person and watch them grow up and grow and so on and so forth. Sadly, or they're very true in uh, you know the ultimate marketability. <laughs> if it's purely in the business, how they would probably think, well, who's going to be bigger than 
Michael Jackson himself. Right. Yeah. The, the music's already there. He already laid the groundwork down and we can show him to you where it tricks your mind to think he's really there. Yeah. Why invest in anything else? Him. Yeah. Why, mm -hmm. why invest in any other artists? They ain't going to be as big as Michael Jackson. <laughs> so we own Michael Jackson. Why not just roll them right back out there? I kind of feel like Michael, he sort of did stuff like that when you go. So I don't think he would be as offended by that, by a hologram. Mm -hmm. uh, just from a film perspective. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure yeah. how his family or, or fans would feel about something like that. I just know from the Whitney thing, what I've seen, it's very mm. it's, strange. And it's there's very people strange. who are like, oh, it was great because I've, you know, I've never seen her before. You know, those yeah. people See, that's what I'm saying. the middle of the middle of nowhere who don't have the, the exposure. They the, are the ones who are going to spend the money on it is who they're going mm -hmm. after, not the so-called fan. Right. Right. That the, the markability dictates if that's where the marketplace is at, that's where the money's at. Mm -hmm. I'm going after the larger fish. I'm not worried about the small niched hardcore fan base. <laughs> they, mm -hmm. don't they don't decide this. Yeah. You know, and I think it, it, the, the, the Whitney thing, it is so early. They know it will be met with resistance. All of mm -hmm. the early adopters are always are for something like this, but they mm -hmm. also know that the long play 10, 15 years from now, ain't going to be no resistance. Right. Because you know, those gonna, that's going to be the wave. What it is. Yeah. That's going to yeah. be the wave. And what you're probably going to see is it's not going to be these scary corporations. It's going to be the actual estates <clears throat> oh, of yeah. these artists. That's going to be like, we putting this out. This is, income. yeah, this yeah. is how we going to do it. And, and ain't no back, you know, Backlash. Well, we the one doing it. <laughs> We're not, you know what I mean? This is where the money's at. And there will probably be artists who are alive that are gonna be like, Yeah, nigga, roll my avatar. You I, especially in <laughs> this is the thing. In in hip hop and rap, and I don't know if, if I'm saying something disparaging, I could easily see where a rapper would be like, Nigga, I don't give a fuck. You mean to tell me I can sit my black ass at home? And I can have the hologram version of me doing three shows Working. a night, getting paid, balling. <laughs> that will be the thing. They would probably rap that like, you're not really a real one. You're not really a getter out here because, nigga, you are physically out there performing. We balling sitting at home counting stacks while our hologram is 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 out here doing and, the work and, and, and we sh and we'll get and i'm sure like that would be respected like oh he a hustler mm -hmm. and that's he how it's gonna flip that's how they're gonna flip it's gonna flip mm -hmm. and we'll probably be the ones out there actually we don't we don't again i'm kind of being joking but a lot of this stuff they didn't anticipate it would be used that way <laughs> but we mm -hmm. always figure out a way <laughs> and i can already see that'll be the thing that'll be hip-hop Oh yeah, man. Nigga, so I have a question. I have ahead. a question posed to you. Yes. Yeah. With all of these artists selling their catalog, do you think, or just hypothetically speaking, could there be a clause in there, 
we you saw your catalog oh and in the future your image could be used for hologram ai uh entertainment experience <clears throat> I, I believe the tina turner deal that happened a while ago that was part of the narrative she not only sold the catalog she sold her likeness so yeah i would i would imagine yeah, of, of course I mean, she, the blessing is there for the for the theater production, but wow. Yeah, man. Some of them are selling their likeness, and some of them might be saying, well, yeah, okay, I'm selling my catalog, you know, publishing and all that. I'm not selling me, though, so as much mm -hmm. as they may own the catalog and get some royalties, I still can hit the road and play those songs, and they gotta play them nothing, I'm just getting all of my show money, but the show... Money could be just like you said, my avatar or whatever is out there doing shows in Vegas or whatever all day. Or my avatar is in the metaverse putting on shows. I get that money. And the people who I sold my catalog to, good luck trying to get them pennies from Spotify. Nigga, we getting real money doing shows with mm -hmm, the digital mm -hmm. version. I'm still ball. Mm -hmm. I still mm -hmm. own me. So I just think that it's going to, you know, that's where I could see it moving. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a whole different world. <laughs> it's going to be a whole different world. It's going to be the, interesting what the next yeah. 10 to 20 years will, will, will show up. Will look like, yeah. Yeah, technology-wise, music-wise. I mean, I've, it's already blossoming. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, the, but great music is always going to survive. It may present itself in a different way, but I just think those songs and those artists will be dope. And I just feel like if, if you can present it in the same spirit, the actual details of how it's presented won't matter. You know, um, if I can still make you feel the same way when you watch Michael Jackson perform, mm -hmm. whether it's in a hologram or it's in a VR environment, but it's the same moves and it's literally Michael Jackson. And it's still the same music. Why wouldn't you love it? Right? That that's the that they can never replicate the feel of you know the the songs are still the songs. It's still gonna resonate. You just may see it in a different way. And I just think that that's what's gonna happen. Like we we come from a different generation that our our brains will sort of resist yeah, watching that hologram. We're used, the, we're used to the concert experience right. in itself. But the concert experience will evolve and the concert experience will be putting that headset on and you're in yeah. this environment and it's a concert. And as long as your mind, around, but yeah. they're not around, which is weird because I'm like, hey, you know, I still want to go to concession stand and get my little mozzarella sticks. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. But, you know, it will be different. Look, it's already changing movie wise. We can watch yeah. our we can watch movies from the comfort of our own homes. And people who do have the means, they're investing in home theaters mm -hmm. for a different experience. Uh, you can mm -hmm. either go to the theater or watch at home. So why wouldn't that now pour over into the concert experience? Absolutely. Into the just it, the regular human experience. <laughs> you could go to the bar. Scary. You know, that part is scary because nothing compares to enjoying a concert with your friends. Like most of my lifelong sisterships have been right. formed around the concert experience. Um, yeah. 
and, and they're going to be lifelong experience that are that have already happened from the multiplayer world experience right like it's just whatever your mind <laughs> decides it gives you the experience and the way that people used to go to shows and movies back in the day where you would go on Saturday and watch you know these five minute reels of movies over you know what I mean and you would go every we don't do that now right we, we go and watch the one movie or you can watch it at home. Things evolve in the same way with music. The, the way we're talking now, that would be the old way and the new way that they'll get experiences, the same experiences that we got, it just being a different way. But the human mind still works the same. And they're going to have those experiences the same ways that we had. It's just in a different way. But it'll still be, hey, I met you at the, you know, Travis Scott show on Fortnite. And, and you were walking, you were walking down that one virtual lane. I was walking and we ended up talking and then we jumped into a different VR world and had a great conversation and I met you and now we talk every day and, and now we're friends. You know, that, that's going to be, it's still yeah, going to be the same going to happen. You know? So let me ask you what would, what would, and without the hologram, because we already know that that's the hard no for Prince, but what would the metaverse be in the Prince? quantum realm like how would you like mm. want to see that would you want to <clears throat> have the opportunity to then be submerged in a world where you put your headset on and you're listening to the stems from mm. stuff from the vault or you're experiencing a concert again in the setting with your headset on like what would that be for you what would you want to well yeah that's a good question want to hear and see hypothetically if they the so the paisley park experience could be yeah you put that headset on and you're in studio a okay <laughs> and they're like you can grab one of the albums click it and pull it down to the control board and it's all lined up with the tracks i feel teary <laughs> <laughs> And you can play and move them tracks and you can listen to that album the way you want to listen to it or you can listen to it the way Prince intended, whatever, right? But the, you know, super dope audio and you're, you feel like you are in the presence of it. That could be a, that could be an, almost a no brainer for some people. They'd be like, well, of course I'm going to pay for that. We, we, well, what Prince did? Yeah. But that shit didn't exist when Prince was alive. So how you don't know he didn't want, you know, it, 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 it's going to be a lot of that. And like I said, it, I mean, like I mentioned on a, on, on a, on a, you know, thread I had uh, posted, I posted about the MPG was so forward thinking and, and futuristic, you know, had, if he was still here, I can imagine him possibly creating something exclusive to oh, absolutely. himself, you know, that absolutely. sort of, taking his brand into the future mm -hmm. and that's what i sort of am curious about and tinkering and what you just said man oh man i mean i'm thinking about enduring the tours and just having the opportunity in studio a and hearing the breakdown raw mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i was i was bawling because the sound alone was bar none yeah so to be able for for others to hear what i heard uh that would be really really 
Yeah, that that imagine if that, that was a, a special edition where it included the digital code or it was the digital VR code and mm -hmm. you can experience this music in a whole other way. Same with videos like, OK, well, uh, Warner Brothers is releasing the Purple Rain movie. It's been converted into VR format. If you're going to sit there and tell me that people are not going to be jumping to go buy that and be talking about what well, Prince didn't want that. Stop it. They've been bought that the day it was available for download. They've had a headset on that got to probably done put the lo Prince logo on the front of the headset and <laughs> you can watch the movie but it feel like you are, you know, in when a movie the starts film. out and you're down in the, with the crowd cheering and Prince is playing uh, let's go crazy is playing out for you like that or you're standing on the other side of the ironing table <laughs> morris is ironing his pants on that montage wow. and you, you'll be like man i watch I, i'm living in this movie what are you talking about like that as i'm saying it would all the little resistance don't you would talk just, about y'all running over the minute lake minnetonka yeah that's what i'm saying <laughs> exactly you, you can you can replay that and you right there Stop it. We we eat that up. And the resistance of the that ain't how he wants that would be so small. But again, if the majority of mainstream public was already on some VR stuff, that's who mm -hmm. they're gonna go for. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm, just it mm -hmm. is that's just it is what it is. Like you know. yeah, I'd be not, I'd be not the cherry moon. Like, All of, yeah, like I said, it. <laughs> it'd be a no brainer. The sign of times movie. Oh, wow. That would be really funny. You're like, what? <laughs> I'll be buying that. Man, that's what I'm saying. Or, so, even, yeah. or recreating the, the CD-ROM. I mean, I had a chance to look at oh, right. that. Yeah. But just imagine recreating that to sort of go through those early stages of print embracing, you know, the technology. And, you know, I would love for Sam Jennings if he was open to it to be involved in mm -hmm. if they were open to doing stuff like that that would be yeah it's an it's, interesting an, an interesting lane to take things you know especially with what's going on now um our international fans can still partake in some things you know yeah and yeah. It, it's there's, uh there's things always change i mean we got the Sign of the Times special edition, and it had a, a Blu-ray in there, right, of the New Year's Eve show. Uh, Blu-rays did not exist, nor the DVDs, for that matter, really, when that mm -hmm. was recorded. And I don't think Prince intended for you to actually own that at all. That's not why he filmed it, right? So mm -hmm. the whole, like, who well, they wouldn't have did, they've already done that. <laughs> they've already mm -hmm. taken things that were private or just for himself or recorded for other things and have put it on technology that did not exist at the time these things were recorded and sold it to you. Mm -hmm. and, and we need this, we need this so, technology to preserve the music, you know, hence it being in, in, you know, in a different location. Uh, yeah. And things just change. It just change. Yeah. Well, I want it on vinyl. Okay. But keep it a buck 30 years from now, it's going to be a high price item to get. Cause some be so rare, and mm -hmm. even today, oh, I want it on Blu-ray. Well, you know, Blu-ray is going out now. Like this, it's not going to be too many discs. You know, it almost seems crazy. Like, why would you have something on a 
that you can hold and lose it and you can only play it on the particular player as opposed to having on something that can be played that we all have right (laughs) and it never is going to deteriorate and Mm -hmm. it's always there for sale it just just doesn't logically why would you go back to it never goes back it would just no, be I mean, it would just be a, like a rare sort of novelty thing that you have all of so and so right your collection but you definitely want to move forward in how the music is received yeah my only problem the only thing i'll have a concern to be honest as i think about it is if for some reason they altered no, music. no altering. Alter they have, the they music. have to put that in a clause. No, no yeah. altering. With That's where I would have the problem. Like, yeah. Oh, we're gonna bring in this, or we're gonna strip his vocals yeah. and put it over. Nah, no, nah, nah. We're gonna bring in a choir or something. Yeah, nah, no, nah, nah. no, nothing crazy. <laughs> That's <laughs> where I would have a problem. Let's go crazy gospel choir. Nah, Lord. Don't do it. So, nah. but. I have to, I have to, I have to go back to something else as far as like, we would never think that this would happen in the audio presentation of Purple Rain from David Addy and sound by Lewis Laporte. I, that was, that was insane. And that was all from an idea from Ruth, but the fact that it happened <coughs> audio wise, mm-hmm. And people who never saw Purple Rain to sort of get a feel for what it is on a platform such as Clubhouse, this is what I'm talking about, of like fun ways of really um, representing or keeping, doing something fresh, but yet respectful of Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the original project. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And and I'm sure there will be Years from now, there'll be some video or it'll be with avatars or animation version or something that some fans will do. And it'll be oh, like, can wow. Oh, you imagine an a animated version of, of Purple Rain cartoon live? Yeah. Like, I'm all over that. Yeah, would be, that would be dope. <laughs> Just with the graphics. Um, yeah. It'd be really interesting to see. Again, like I still say there's so much other things aside from Purple Rain. However, other people who are coming into it, that might be their first introduction. For us hardcores, we're sort of, we're over the purple vinyl, so on and so forth. However, if you do something animated, that brings a fresh take to it. Just to see mm. how it's done, how the voices sound, or what you know, someone will figure figure that out eventually. Maybe they'll do an animated graffiti bridge. <laughs> Hilarious. Maybe it'll work that way. <laughs> <laughs> and just you'll see the graffiti, you know, appearing as it's written on the bridge <laughs> or something. Just you know, no, no. Yeah, I, I don't. Man, me personally, I don't have a problem with. Purple Rain being showered like it is. I, I, I think it's worthy of of <sighs> all of the accolades. It's, it's a dope album. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, it's Prince. At the end of the day, it's just Prince to me. So whatever somebody can get in, if, if, if it's easier for them to get into Purple Rain, I don't have no problem with it. Keep selling it. Uh, you know, 
I definitely, I guess I... I get the fans why you would say that, but... Yeah, we want want the other works to have their opportunity to have their their shine. Sure, yeah. Um, Yeah. So much music. How it might not resonate with everybody, but again, there might be that one ear that will grab and it will change their life or make them want to pick up an instrument. Um, yeah, I think, you know, Purple Rain, it's just that damn good. At the time that it came out, it was a headbuster for Prince. The movie, um, he had the attention of the mainstream. Because uh, he could have the attention from the mainstream for a lot of things that aren't worthy to be given it all your attention like that. And he just so happened to drop something that's worthy of your attention. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so that's why to me, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm like a fan too. Like, yeah, I, I would love, like, if Love Sexy had that sort of attention to it. But I also realized that Love Sexy, it's not Purple Rain. Uh, if you had to drop Love Sexy before Purple Rain, it wouldn't have been the same. It just... It's, because uh, people wouldn't have been ready because I personally have reasons, a problem yeah. that it ran from beginning to end. Like to me, that was sort of like his own rock opera. Talking about and love sexy? You wanted, you, yeah, you want, but people wanted to hear the songs one by one. See, I don't, was that really a thing? I said, I didn't have a CD player at that point, so I didn't understand. That was not a very concern. <laughs> I, I never yeah, had a CD. I, I took it in as, you know, I didn't mind it being continuous. See, I didn't, I had no idea that was a thing. Like I only had the record and the tape deck. And so mm-hmm. they were tape decks all continuous. <laughs> so, I, so I, I never became an issue to me. It's like, I never knew nothing about that. Like until later. And I was like, Oh, okay. The CD is all one song. Okay. Well, I've been listening to it day one on record and it's, yeah, so, so I didn't like, see what the problem, but I get, you know, I can see in a CD world that, yeah, that would be frustrating. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, you're right. If, if Love Sexy would have came out first. Or even Sign of the Times. Like they all came when they were supposed to, but I just feel like uh, he, he hit a trifecta with just everything out the gate, like the concert, the mm-hmm. album, the tour. It was all one consistent barrage. Yes. Uh, that it was just undeniable, and then it was good. Mm-hmm. And then the next ones, like I said, around the world in the day, wasn't no tour. Videos were sporadic. Yeah, because at that point, I imagine he was he was thick of Purple Rain. Right. I mean, for whatever the reasons were, I'm just saying in terms of how they presented to the public. Yeah. 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 You know. Uh, parade okay music banging come with the album now uh, video uh, movie now hardcore fans may have thought it was banging but general public it's like, nah what is this <laughs> the, the whole trifecta is not worth the, the tour select cities we didn't all get to see that tour so it's not hitting on all cylinders <laughs> even though the work is fantastic it just kind of came out jumbled or something Mm-hmm. Sign of the Times, banging albums, a lot to get into. Where's that video at? There's no video right. for Sign of the Times. Movie don't come till way later. So, I mean, it was sort of splintered 
It wasn't a trifecta of just busting you over the head where you don't have time to breathe. Right. right. And Purple Rain, you didn't have no time to breathe. He was hitting you on all cylinders. Okay. And I think that's the difference with some of this stuff. When he can get it all together, uh, then Love Sexy, come with the album, come with the video, okay? But some people have problem with the presentation of the cover. And of course, things have other things in the music world are happening, and it ain't just all about Prince no more. So you got like right. you know, this people's tastes are changing. The the concert comes, but I just think it comes at that point where he's already he's already a known entity at that point, and it's like, well, he's not the new kid on the block here either. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be as fascinated. I'm just thinking on a mainstream level. I'm not as fascinated with it from when he first came out. Yeah, and they also yeah. didn't understand, you know, as someone who just continued to evolve musically and their image, they couldn't digest it. Like, oh, you right. have on some George Washington bow in the back of your head and, and tight. And yeah, it's like, what is this? <laughs> what is, what's, what's happening here? Meanwhile, his own vision and plan is already laid out already in advance before it comes out. So that's how much... He was ahead of the game, but others had to catch up. Right. And it wasn't like, and it wasn't like, it was catch up, excuse me, where you had to do a little work. And again, Mm -hmm. the music, that Alphabet Street banger, like, oh yeah. Then the next one is kind of like, what what is this? I got to sit down and like, decipher this one that's a little different mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. not the immediate again giving you time to breathe and i just think that makes a difference when you got all this other competition going on and he's moving at light speed right you know and the audience mm-hmm. is like well man i i'm not moving at light speed with you because i don't even know what this is and then there's have you seen this other guy you know there's so, so many other things vying for our attention Yep. You know, you're not you're not the it kid. You may be the it kid, but I don't understand what you're doing. You know, it's just it's just too much, you know, you're moving too fast. And you know, so but but Purple Rain, like I said, for me, Purple Rain has hits it all across the board. And we're there for they were there for all of it. And you can go back and watch that movie, it becomes a cultural standpoint. You can go back and listen to that album as a cultural standpoint. You can go back and watch some of the concerts and it's a cultural standpoint. All, all cylinders is fire. Mm-hmm. And I think so that's why it's going to always have a place. Even though he goes on to do bigger and better things. It's just that was a perfect time and place of it that he was no could do no wrong. You know, it's just like, OK, everything after that is based off of this. This is for a lot of people. Right. Yeah. The only reason I'm paying attention to you anymore is based off of how I felt when I saw Purple Rain. That's what they're saying, right? So they're always going to call back to it and want to be reminded of that. And yeah, you got some new shit that's fire, but where that Purple Rain? <laughs> and, and that's it. You can't be mad at people when they when you gave them some of the best cooking in their life. Mm-hmm. And then they come back to eat and you on some veggie shit 
And they're like, hey, hey this hey, is. Watch it now. Or I mean, I mean you know, <laughs> when it's like, hey, this tastes cool. This is cool. I'm, okay. This is nice. I feel like I'm eating a meal. But where are them yams at, goddamn? You know, <laughs> who made the corn? Where did cornbread stop playing with me? That's what happened, you know. But where the neck bones at? Well, we don't eat neck bones anymore. Well, I do. <laughs> yeah, I paid for some neck bones. I know you don't eat them, nigga, but I paid for some. I can't have expectations for some neck bones, goddammit. So don't, you ain't, well, I don't play them old stuff no more. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, and you know, he did that many a time. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, can't even get your purple rain on. You in the wrong house. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. Well, I might not be coming back too quick now until <laughs> till I know they're going to be some neck bones. And then, of course, Prince has, we're going back to the old stuff. I'm calling my name. But okay, cool. He going he gonna to be serving neck bones, y'all. <laughs> I didn't buy the new album, but I know the, the concert, they're going to be selling them old neck bones. So we going. And this shit going to be good. And that's that's to, that's to me. Prince and Neckbone is the same now. It's like okay, you can play yeah. around if you want to now. But we love you from some Neckbone, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Stop playing with us now. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> now I'm getting hungry. But uh, it's all love. We love Prince. We love Prince. Absolutely, absolutely. <sighs> Tammy, Lord. Reflect on some. I could talk about music for hours. Yeah, <laughs> as, let's we say we, as we just did. Yeah, we're going to get up out of here. But wow, this yeah. was a great conversation. Thank you so much. Like, it was awesome. And, and thank you. It's always a, a pleasure to um, be Absolutely. on the show and, Absolutely. and talk with you and, and chop it up. Always amazing. Always good. Um, and hopefully, there's more. Fun times to go at uh at the Mecca that is Paisley Park. Yes, yes. Um, real quick, where can people find you online? I am on the Book of Faith under Lana Mika, and also what, what does that name mean? That is actually my government. <laughs> really? You yeah, have so many and, names and, that I don't know which. It's my middle name, so. Uh, um, and Mika is the derivative of Tammy, of course. It's a lot of lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. Um, interesting. I did not know this. And on <laughs> Clubhouse, I am under Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I am in, in these uh, internet streets and soon to be on the metaverse. All right, all right. Yeah. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, you already know where to find us because you are here. But uh, we appreciate you. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Uh, please, we'd love to hear your comments. And yo, with that, work it like a job. We'll see you next time. Peace.
We'll be right back.